Welcome to Talking During Movies, the podcast where we play a movie quietly in the background and talk over it. And sometimes, you know, maybe we even talk about the movie a little bit. Probably not. <laughs> and then people email me and they get mad because I didn't mention their favorite part of the movie, which makes sense because I don't know them. Right. That's fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> He'll be I'm okay. pretty sure they'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, this, if this is your biggest complaint, Karen, we're good. Right. <laughs> if the worst thing is i missed that guy's special hat scene then i think we're going to be okay the world's going to go on <laughs> the world's going to be just fine just fine mm-hmm. uh so should i make it darker behind blinding. we're all audio it's all good don't worry about it i can see okay, okay. yeah I'm, I'm in the dark i'm in the outside patio because i talk too loud and my wife's like uh no more podcasting inside you have a Got couple it. of beers Got it. you start laughing you start talking yeah I, uh, I thought about beers, but I had a lot of beers last night, so I'm actually being bougie today. I've got my martini Ooh. in my brewmate martini glass. This is not a promotion, by the way. It's just I like that it keeps it cold. I like that. No, With that's my good. my shaker ready. So I'm ready for this. I'm I love ready. it. I love it. So <laughs> one of the things, uh, so two things real quick. One, yeah. because just kind of haven't seen any news about it, what um, the impact of COVID-19 on Hawaii, where you're at, and what... Yep the stay at home or, or how the islands or your community is responding to face masks, stay yeah. at home, whatever the orders may be. Yeah. So it's been, we, we've been extremely lucky here. And I mean, obviously we're an island, so we're able to control in and out better. Um, the main rule that I think really helped us, which I wish they had done earlier, is that there's a 14 day quarantine for anybody coming to the islands. Okay. So uh, if you're a resident coming home or if you're a tourist, you have to stay in your hotel room or your house. No ifs, ands, or buts. I have a friend whose parents just came to visit, and um, and the Department of Agriculture came to visit and double check that they were actually in the house, hadn't left. We've had multiple arrests for people who violate the quarantine, so they've been really strict about it. Wow. Um, and luckily, we have a really. I mean, I think we just had two cases today, which brings us up to 900 total cases, um, which is really, you know, knock on wood, not bad. Yeah, um, it's a Tuesday afternoon in Texas. Exactly, exactly. And, and my girlfriend works at the ER, so uh, at, at the main ER for COVID cases. So I am more than thrilled that she is not being overwhelmed by, uh, by cases. So overall good. Uh, other than that, I don't know if you know, but I actually, uh, I'm a partner in a bar and restaurant here. So we've been dealing with that part of it also. And we just reopened on June 5th as a restaurant. And, uh, and you know, it, it, we're, we're at not full capacity by, by rules and there's social distancing rules, but 
overall, things are starting to feel a little bit back to normal, and we're just keeping an eye out for that. Hopefully, we don't get that next peak that a lot of states have. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a weird thing. Um, you know, psychologically, I've always looked at this, and I've, I've wondered, we had the medical experts on, we've had the ER doctors on, we've had the nurses on. I am waiting for someone to be brave enough to bring a psychologist on to talk about interaction and how, so, you know, how, why we struggle with social distancing, why we struggle right. with masks, why, uh, you know, we've been taught our whole lives, read someone's face, read their facial expressions so you know what right. they're really thinking, right? And right. now we're, we're removing that aspect. And then you just have this whole inherent rhetoric of America, which is kind of fuck rules. Right. You know, we're the cowboys. And now right. there's these rules <laughs> and yeah. people are shocked and they're just like, I can't believe no one's listening. And I'm like, can you get a psychiatrist or psychologist on to talk about mentally yeah. how we've conditioned ourselves for over 200 years to be assholes and now we're shocked we're assholes? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, a couple thoughts on that. One is, I really wonder how much more willing people would be to follow rules if this pandemic was Ebola instead of COVID. You know, Ebola, where you're walking down the street and somebody is bleeding from their facial orifices and throwing up blood because they have it, versus, hey, that guy's got a cough. I wonder if he's got COVID. I'm not wearing a mask. You know, if this was a violently ill, hard to look at pandemic, Mm -hmm. how would we feel versus it looks like a flu. It's not the flu, but it looks like the flu. Um, so that's one, you know, we're such a visual people, uh, visual uh, species that if this was ugly to look at, how would it be? Sure. Um, the second thing is we're so good at surface level sacrifices. What I mean by that is every night at 7 PM, everybody here in Hawaii in the condos and stuff does the, banging on the pans and thank you healthcare workers and, and it is it is very emotional especially with again my friends my girlfriend my, my best friend works at, at the er so you know what they tell me they say thanks a lot for that you know we'd much prefer you wear a mask huh <laughs> That's I don't know. Like, pants we, we, we'd much rather you don't come to the er where we have to get a ventilator in you thank you for the banging on the pans it's very nice we appreciate it it feels good wear a mask, wash your hands. That'll be thanking us much more than anything else. Dude, it's, it's crazy. I, I talked to a friend of mine about this and uh, bringing up that whole, we just, it's that level that we don't take. And right. that's why, you know, and hard left turn, but it, it is because it's happening at the same time. Right. Racism is happening because we don't treat it as a relationship, mm -hmm. right? We, we, let the, we let it explode. We're like, oh yep. shit, what do we got to do? Let's take Gone with the Wind off. All right, go, go to a high school and ask any kid if they want to watch Gone with the Wind or if it's influenced right. their view of people of color. Right. All right. But thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for taking that off. Right. Super aggressive. Right. However, are we going to go six months from now? Are we going to have town halls in every city because every mayor is going to ask for it mm -hmm. where minorities and whites get together and they share their struggles and they see where we've grown and where we've fallen back? Yeah. No. Because no. we're not, we're not. We don't, we don't, we, it's like the stock market, right? What did you do for me tomorrow? It, it's all, it's all what feels good right now. How yeah. do I put a bandaid on it? Um, you know, I just heard it and look, I'm, I'm a fairly liberal guy in, in most ways. <laughs> I, I don't mind a little PC because I always say the people who hate PC are the ones who aren't being attacked with the non-PC stuff. Sure. You know, it's very easy as a white male to say, you know, I just hate when everybody's all PC about using the right term for a minority. 
Well, you know what, that's because you've always been the majority. And minority is actually a way for the majority to talk about minorities. Mm -hmm. So things like that, it's so PC. Right now, it's getting crazy. I just heard, it's getting too PC for me. I just heard <laughs> that, the, that the National Realtors Association yeah. is basically no. has put out some kind of new mandate. You can't call it a master bedroom anymore. Yeah. Okay, come on. <laughs> so. However, however, can't call it a master bedroom at all. No right. way, shape, or form. We're not going to do that anymore. Right. But are we going to invest in the tools to make relationships better and to change communication? Right. To your point right. about minorities and, and words, yep. I've used this analogy a lot. Some people love it. Some people hate it. You think about, I, I was in this college class, and I actually got to teach this class once. You think about, like, sit in, you lock the door, and everyone's like, why are you locking the door? That's a fire hazard. And I'm like, shut up, right. Timmy. <laughs> sit down. All right, get your pens and papers out, kids. They'll get it out. I'm like, now I want you to think in your brain of every minority. Now I want you to think of the worst words you can call them. And people are like, hey. yeah. and I'm like, now write it down. And people are like, I don't want to write it down. I'm like, write it down. Mm -hmm. And then they hand them to me, and then I write them all on the board. I go, now who wants to say any of these out loud? No one wants to say a thing. And I said, now, right. here's the thing. All of these names for all of these minorities, all of them that are so painful and gut-wrenching, name one you can call me that will have the same impact as if I call the woman a cunt. Right. Name it. Right. Let's get after it. Let's find that word because it yep. doesn't exist. So to your point about, I don't get all this, you know, well, that's because there's not a word that impacts us. Right. <laughs> it, it's so easy for us to feel to, to judge people for being offended because to be honest, it's so hard to offend us because there's, there, there's not that word. There's not that situation. No. Um, it's, it's a, it's, what was the, uh, you know, we were just about the realtor thing. One of the things I was wondering, kind of to your point about what happens in six months, realtors, if you really want to impact this, instead of worrying about the name master bedroom, how about you act as a second check to make sure that loans that you're applying for, for people of color, are being accepted at the same rate, the same judgments as not. You know, be that extra level to make sure our communities all being seen the same way, our banks treating them the same way. That would be so much more impactful than saying, we're not gonna call it a master bedroom. Yeah, hey Baltimore, you still have communities where it's on the books that black, pe black people can't buy homes in those communities. Right. Hey, right. National Realtors Association, I've, I've got a hard left turn for you here, a little curveball right. I wanna throw at you. Yep. Maybe you stop that. Yep. Or just say, you know what? We're not selling homes in Baltimore until this changes. Right. Or banks that won't give loans in Baltimore because whatever your determination of that community is, yeah. we're no longer going to work. Our, our associations, our brokers will no longer work with your banks. That's right. So, yeah, that's kind of, I think it's, I, I think to your point about the relationships and where does it go and how do we get rid of this surface level? You know, they just got rid of an episode of Golden Girls because- yeah. Like, that's going to impact society in any way. I didn't even know they were still showing episodes of Golden Girls. And it's Golden Girls. It's Golden it's, Girls. It, it, it's one of the, I had, a, I had a buddy, he was, he was all upset. And he's like, I can't believe this. If you're going to tear down, you know, these monuments, then uh, tear down the pyramids because those were built by slaves. And I said, hold on, hold on. There's a difference here. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. You know, we have yep. this relationship. We've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Those statues of those people are celebrating they're not saying, hey, this guy who owned slaves was a piece of shit, yep. marched here, right? They're like, yep. this guy 
worked a whip better than anybody else. Yep. And you know, it's like, it's a celebration of them. The, the pyramids are, for lack of a better term, really are a seventh wonder of the world because we just don't know how they're built. Right. Right, I mean, right. Like, we still can't build them to this day. Uh, and they were, were they a monument to a pharaoh and to a completely different time and structure? Right, yeah. they were, they're essentially tombs. Right, yes. they're giant tombs for pharaohs. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you, you can't erase every building or anything that was built using slave labor. I mean, the truth is you would have to then get rid of the American economy. Yeah. Because it was built using slave labor. What you can do is to your point, the things that celebrate uh, the, the people and activities that, that drove racism and slavery and all those things, you can get rid of things that celebrate them. You know, the one in front of the, was it the uh, Museum of Natural History in New York? Yeah. That's Teddy Jesus. Roosevelt, right? Teddy Roosevelt has a lot of real positives as president. Park system, um, certain things about the financial system that he really drove. A statue of him with a Native American on one side and an African slave on the other dragging, not, you know, guiding yeah. them. It's, come on, it's inappropriate. It is. <laughs> you make a new one of Teddy Roosevelt, I'm all for it. <laughs> Or even just, you know what, pick a person who maybe had a bigger impact as far as socially, if you want to celebrate those people. And then right. you can still celebrate Teddy Roosevelt for the good things he's done. I mean, this right. baby in the bathwater, well, if you tear the statue down, like, man, history is gone. That's not right. true. He's not it's gone. She's not gone. Yeah. You know? So and a lot of those statues, too, you hear about the ones in the South, especially, those were put up in relatively recent history as an intimidation 1930s. factor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were meant to intimidate community is to say just so you know where you are we love these guys from the confederacy because they fought for slavery that's where you live yeah enjoy enjoy by Those the way go. <laughs> uh sundown's coming right i mean it's just it's terrible mm -hmm. so real quick before because we're going to get on this you and i um we have uh worked together years ago we've been friends uh you have inspired me and taught me a lot so i, I greatly appreciate you coming on for your yeah. business and, uh, you know, people who want to, and we'll talk about what you do in a minute here, but for all those fun yeah. things, how can they find you? Is there a website, social? What's the best way to get in touch with you? The best way is probably social. I mean, I do have a website, to be honest. It's an old website. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I'm not even sure if it's up. You know, I think you know this like me. My business, very little of it is people finding me randomly. Yeah. It's people who are in the industry, who know people, who know people. I haven't marketed myself in, in years, but... Um, Probably the best way that I know people can find me would be if they wanted to, uh, Ertel and Associates on Facebook okay. is probably the best. Is that um, where you um, you share the uh, riblets uh, uh, recipe from Applebee's? I I uh, I, I um, <laughs> listen, man. I'm still sore about it. I'm not over it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're never over it because I drive by Applebee's and I will. And my daughter's caught me. My daughter has caught me. I've been on a road trip driving by Applebee's, and I, this has been my habit. I kid you not. Yeah. Since I've since uh, we have stopped since we uh, went our separate ways from Quick and all that stuff, yep. right? I will drive by and I was like, "Fuck you!" That's from Adam. Yes. That's Thank what you. I say every Thank time you. I go by them. Thank you. And I, I I heard we're getting our first Applebee's in Hawaii, and I'm like ready to go out there and be a one man protest. I'm ready to like have my sign up. You know, someday if they want to intimidate me to not be in a community. There's going to be a giant statue of riblets in a basket that I'm going to tear the shit out of that thing down. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, yeah. and, real, and real quick, because we're, uh, yep. you know, as, as we're, uh, you picked the movie When Harry Met Sally. Yep. 
why uh, why'd you pick this movie? What what makes this movie special to you? Okay, so a lot of things. One is I just genuinely think in the world of romantic comedies, which I am not a fan of, I don't like romantic comedies. I think they're so formulaic. Some of those formulas came from When Harry Met Sally. And yet sure. when you watch it, it's still not formulaic, right? There's certain scenes where you're like, oh my God, every Matthew McConaughey and, and, and uh, you know, Ben Affleck and Zac Efron romantic comedy, they do that too, right? This was in 1985, 87, something like that, before mm -hmm. all that. I think the characters are so non-formulaic, right? Billy Crystal as a romantic lead, come on. Yeah. It's like, you know, he looks like the elf on the shelf that you put up at Christmas. Um, <laughs> uh, so the characters are great. Uh, for me personally, it came out when I was in high school. And, you know, not to get too, uh, you know, mushy, but I was kind of a nerdy kid. And isn't that the dream of every, you've got these friends who are girls who have no interest in you. And that dream of that girl that you're friends with being the one that you fall in love with, it's every nerdy kid's dream. Doesn't end up happening, but it's every nerdy kid's dream. Every nerdy so kid's I think, dream. And it's also funny as hell. Like there's just great lines in it where it's like just just classic, classic lines. So And it's the awkwardness of I'm cool, but I'm not cool kind of thing going on. Right. That starts right. at the very beginning and just and and I like that, and I believe almost every relationship should start this way, right? Start with a road yep. trip. Start with a road trip. Right. right. Get, I mean, you got to get locked up with some people, have some shitty mm -hmm. food and some emergency bathroom breaks to yep. understand. And then also understand who you're in the car with. Are you a, right. how do we get from A to B quickest? Or are you the, I don't want to be on the freeway. I don't like flying J's. Right. I want to visit the gas station that Rita right. and Tom have owned for a hundred years. Right. And if we see a sign that says biggest ball of yarn, we're not in any kind of, you know what? We can get to the next hotel a little later. It's fine. Yeah. Let's go see that giant ball of yarn. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say about this movie that's still pertinent for me, and I just watched it actually the other day. So, so my girlfriend is quite a bit younger than me. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and she's great. And I mentioned it and it was such a connection because she loved it probably because her mom and dad showed it to her, but um, it's, she was into it also. And when watching it for the first time, probably in five or six years, uh, one of the things that was still pertinent is when he has his divorce scene. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been divorced. And man, he just nails it. He nails it. This, the way that you're, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm totally okay. And then something sets you off. Oh. You're, and you are just, the, all the heartbreak, all the keeping it inside, all the everything, just boom. And whoever's in the path of that, you're like, next day, I am so sorry. That had nothing to do with you. So if you touch that fucking that coffee part. table, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> right. And that coffee table is going to ruin your fucking relationship. And you guys are going to be fighting over it. That's mine. This is yours. And pay the lawyers. And it just, yep. he, every part of it is so pertinent still. It's still so pertinent. It's very, it's a very, I mean, anyone in a relationship or wanting to be in one, honestly, it's, 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 a, it, it, it's weird to say, but it's one of those must watch kind of things. It, it is. I think so. I think, I think so. so. So cue yep. your thing up. You um, got that link. Click on that link. And go to yep. um, a minute and 15 seconds in. And then when okay. you're there, let me know. And I'll hit play on my end. And then uh, we'll start chatting it up. And we're going to do, um, as, as you're doing that, I'm going to say, uh, I've been doing this thing. And as your you know, multitasking brain works, think about a small yep. business. Actually, you know, your restaurant, your bar and restaurant. Yeah. I, want you to, I want you to celebrate that uh, for here, for me. 
you know, I, I try to pick a different restaurant, a different place, uh, every podcast just to celebrate. They don't have advertising money. They're not, yep. you know, so it's, and I don't want it. I want them to be successful. I want people to give them likes. I, I you know, and it's, it's going back to the people, the, the second bar that I re- started recording this uh, podcast is dive bar, Austin, uh, dive bar and lounge, man. They have, um, to no fault of their own, right? It's been a yo-yo. We were ready to go. South by Southwest was going to kick off. I'm bringing in this rapper, Shaw. We're having a good time. We are going to blow the doors off. And it's like, hey, we can't have crowds over 100. It's like, okay. And then St. Patrick's Day at noon, after every bar had loaded up on booze, loaded up on food, getting ready for the big crowds, the mayor goes, no, no bars. Bars can't be open. So that's just, I mean, it's just bad timing, right? It's just, it's poor timing. It's bad economics. So they get shut down. They finally reopen a little bit. They're able to deliver and you can pick up booze to go. And then they're actually open. You can come in and have a drink. And then we got a spike in cases and people don't know if it's the protests, if it's opening too soon, they don't know. And I believe it's a menagerie of all of that along with weeks prior of people just not caring. Um, Right. And so they get hit again. And as soon as they open, it's like grand opening, grand closing. And right. it's, it's destructive. And, and I put this tweet out uh, or this post out today and I, and I meant it. I'm like, you guys, if you can't afford a, a six pack of beer to go to dive bar and spend more than what you have at a supermarket to get a six pack of beer, that's okay. But if you just drove by and dropped off two bucks, three bucks yep. to the bar and just said, Hey man, this is for you guys. This is all I got. Everyone's hurting. So no yep. one's expecting a, a hundred thousand dollar tip. No one's expecting you to buy a case of booze from them. Yep. But to show that response. And so I right. just, I challenge people, your local bar, if they can deliver, if they're open to, for carry out, if you can't afford the food, I'm not pressuring you to spend money. I don't, right. I don't believe that's the solution, but I believe interaction, even with, with a mask on, throw your mask on champ, go out there, drop five in the tip jar and just be like, Hey man, I love you guys. I wish I could do more. So there's Six. mine for dive Austin. Yeah. What you got? Tell, tell us about your bar restaurant and what's going on, please. Yeah, so that would be the one, you know, my, my main pet business, it's, honestly, it's not that exciting for everybody. It's a very industry internal kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it does its thing. Tropics Ale House Waikiki, that one I would love to get more people into. And, and any talking about that you want to do, uh, I'm happy to do it. By the way, I am at 115, I think. All right, hurry, hit, um, hit play. We're Ready? Going. We're going, yeah. And Action. play. There we go. All right, so that's playing right, and silent. So your, your bar and restaurant, tell us again, it's, you're in, it's in Waikiki. It is. So uh, I'm a partner in Tropics Ale House Waikiki. I think I'm actually wearing a t-shirt right now. Nice. I just noticed that. Like, reflection of my computer. Um, and uh, it is just a great local bar. It's, it's right in Waikiki, but it feels like a neighborhood bar. We have 25 beers on draft. We try to keep half of them as local beers. Um, so Hawaii-only breweries. But we also have the other stuff, too. And uh, I might be biased, but I think we have the best Buffalo Wings in Honolulu. Um, I don't think I'm biased. I think I'm right. I, I, listen, I'm going to go with you. You're honest. I, I will say this. Uh, no, in working with you, you're honest. Yeah. You've, we've done stuff together, and you're like, this is good. Other people have done better. Like, you've never been that biased. You're like, this is great, Jason. No. We can, remember, I, mean, I mean, I remember us making the best of a bad situation at that trade show in Utah. <laughs> And we had like two things, like two cardboard boxes of stuff. And we needed like 20. And you yeah. looked at me and you're like, shit. <laughs> we, they sent us to something that we know nothing about. We've never been to. Right. Yep. And they didn't give us enough product for anything. 
That that definitely, I do remember that, and that sounds about right based on what we were doing. And um, man, those times were so amazing, but so challenging. <laughs> Well, they were challenging and amazing. If you see me get up, that's just me grabbing another beer. Uh, I just finished a little circle, circle beer, Ladybird, which was very yep. good. And I'm going to move to nice. this is like my new favorite. Well, it's my old favorite, but they changed their uh, their delivery system, if you will. But I mean by delivery system is the cans. So okay, this uh, this beautiful brewery out of Dallas, Texas, uh, called Four yep. Points. It's um it's called El Chagon. I have not had that one. It's great. It's smooth. It's 7.3. Mm. It's not sweet. You know, some of these higher alcohol beers, especially on the IPA side, get a little too sugary. It's like a Snickers bar. Yes, absolutely. Especially the new hazies. All the hazies are oh, getting way too sweet. It's way too sweet. And this no one idea why. is a little ambery, but not sweet. Yeah. However, see the top. It's like a normal top. Yeah. Well, back in the day when they first had this, you ripped the whole top of the can off. Oh, interesting. Which was just... It was that little extra piece of cool right. that made me want to have it. It's kind of like uh, my buddy, and I don't know, um, I'll get you one. I'm going to get yeah. you one. I'm going to send it to you. If, you're, yeah. if, if, it, if down the road, it looks like a fit. Like we're doing it at Dive Bar, which I think is hilarious and fun. So mm -hmm. my buddy, uh, Scott, at Colorblind Design, he takes these old ammo cans. Yeah. And he turns them into six-pack carriers. Oh, that's so cool. So Dive Bar was doing a box of beers instead of um, a bucket of beers. But also the beer companies were paying for them. So the beer companies like, I'll pay you the $35 to get one, mail it yeah. in, mail it to me. I'll pay the 35 yeah. bucks. And then I'm going to put our logo, whether it's a sticker or we're going to paint it, grab an artist to paint it. We're going to put our yeah. logo on it. And then I don't care what six pack of beers is in there. Bottled beers are in there. Yep. I don't care. My name. My name's on the box. My name's on, and it's an ammo can. So it's, it's right. no one's stealing it. No one's sneaking out. Like, remember the Moscow mules with the. Uh, right. All oh, you had to give your ID in order to get a copper glass? Yep. Yes. Right. Nobody's Not walking case. out with a giant ammo can. Half <laughs> full of ice. Just, you know, you're like, bro, where are you going? Huh? What's your right. shirt, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We see you. You're walking out with an ammo can. Yeah, no, I love when I love when places do something just a little different. Like even in terms of can technology, like you're talking about. Yeah. A friend of mine showed me a beer back in San Diego. I forget who made it. They had instructions on the beer, how to turn the the uh, what do you call it, the pull tab on the beer, uh -huh. into a fishing hook. What? So literally, you pull the beer tab. You know, you you rock it till it comes yeah. off, and then it showed on the beer can where to cut it and how to twist it and turn it into a little fish hook. Or was this, was this guy naked and afraid? Was this the founder? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, but everybody who cracks open one of those cans is like, wait, let me try that. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yep, that's, interactive, brilliant. That's the thing, right? It's, that it's at some point in marketing, which is kind of what we both do, there's yep. a point of engagement. And right. how, do you, how, do you, how do you fuel and set that engage, uh, engagement apart, right. right? And what do you do? Um, Look, real, real, real quick, as yeah. we're going into this, they're kicking off the road trip. Yep. <laughs> what, uh, you know, you're, you're on an island, so it's hard. I mean, it's easy and hard to do road trips at the same time. But True. you've also lived in California. Uh, yeah. You know, I know that Bend, in Jersey. Bend, Oregon <laughs> is, a, uh, is a home away from home for you. It's a very special it place, as it is for me. It's, uh, it's a, a beautiful, majestic place that uh, yep. keep it as hidden as possible for as long as possible. Well, at the same time, I hope that economy explodes. It's a really dangerous 
knife's it edge. Is. But they it, also they make great yeah. beer there. Great food. Yep. Oh, the food, the booze, the beer, the hiking, the rock climbing, the river floating. I mean, everything about that place. Um, yeah. But you were saying road trips. Road trips. Uh, so what, yeah. what do you got, um, you know, what, when road trip comes to mind, is it a good feeling or a bad feeling? And what's the first memory that kind of comes? And that, that's my Basset Hound. He, uh, someone oh, nice. Walked next, someone walked next to our house. And so obviously <laughs> he's got to let them know he yes. knows that they're there. Important. I'm so jealous. Plus you have a dog. I'm ready for a dog, but I just travel too much. Speaking of road yeah. trips, um, and by the way, one of, there's a scene that we uh, we we passed by in this, which is one of my favorites, which is when they're first talking and he's eating grapes. Yes. And he just spits the grape seeds right onto the window, and he's like, "I guess I'll roll that down." I'll roll that down. You know, that's one of those awkward moments that it should make him so uncomfortable. He just doesn't give a crap right now. It's like it's all right. This is still just getting used to each other. It, it, it's the scene that land is coming out. Clucks, right? It's that land. Right. Of exactly. But now we're going to find out how even he can be offensive, even though he doesn't know what the heck he's being offensive at. You see it on her face right there. Yeah. What did I say? How many times as a guy have you been in that situation where you're like, I just, I was talking. What, how did I make you mad? Yeah. Anyway. Well, well, no. <laughs> like, how, yeah. Um, anyway, going back to road trips. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I grew up in Jersey and I moved to California and that was really my first big road trip. I'd certainly done little ones with friends and, you know, up to, you know, uh, up to Pennsylvania or, or even up to New England to go to Boston or something like that. But when I moved to California, I drove cross country with my friend Kirk. Um, and I was working at a little pet store before I left called the Jersey Pets. And Kirk was this kid who worked with me. I mean, I was probably 20 at the time. He was probably 17. And uh, I said, hey, I'm going to go drive cross country. I'm moving to California to go work for Petco. Uh, it's going to be great. He's like, oh, man, can I come with you? I said, well, yeah, I mean, don't you have work and stuff? I mean, I'm going to my new job. He's like, I'll quit. Okay. So he quit his job. And I said, all right, here's the deal. If you come with me, we can make any stops along the way that you want. I mean, I have stops in mind, but if you say I want to go here, we'll go and I'll fly you back. Sweet. So that cross country trip, huh? That's an awesome deal. That's awesome. Oh yeah. But I mean, I got company for the whole way. So Kirk comes with me, great road trip partner. And it's kind of like we were saying earlier, Nothing's more important than having a good road trip buddy, whether it's your significant other that you can travel with or just a friend. I probably never spent more than six hours with Kirk in a row because we worked together and that's the only way I really knew him. Then we spent eight days together driving cross country nonstop and had the best time. Uh, we started a collection of weirdest stuff that we find at the road stops. So things that you can buy at the road stops, what's the weirdest thing? Don't call the other person over, just buy it and put it in the car. Uh, at one point, we at one point we had a Jabba the Hut sitting on our um, on our dashboard, with a uh, with a candy cigarette sticking out of its mouth, wearing a roadside bought condom on his head. I think I have a photo of that somewhere. Remind me to show that to you. Yes, please do. I will. I will. I think it says a lot about me and who I am. Um, <laughs> it says a lot about Princess Leia and and, and how far she's fallen. <laughs> it does. Ni Jabba no Bada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we finally get, it was a great road trip. We went to Arches National Park. We went to the Grand Canyon. We stopped at uh, the largest cross in the, in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, you name it. And then when we got to California, I said, you know, you haven't made any choice. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Disneyland? Do you want to go uh, uh, San Diego Zoo? I said, I really want to go to Legoland. Legoland, I think, I think like the, the age group there is like up to five years old plus their parents. He's yeah. like, yeah. 
So we're going to Legoland though, right? I'm like, you made your choice, went to Legoland. Not gonna lie, it was pretty awesome. I mean, <laughs> so, minus, the, minus the rapid pink eye, that place is amazing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing, we had the best time. I, uh, yeah, so I, I love a good road trip. And that's what, again, you know, going back to this movie even, like you just relate so much to the ups and downs, the arguments that aren't arguments, but something so memorable, just this cross country trip. I did a, uh, a road trip with my daughter when, uh, two years ago. Yeah. She was gonna turn five and uh, she's almost five, four. And I drove from Austin, Texas to Townsend, Montana. Oh. Two days, 15 hours each day. A little longer the first day, only because, there were, I mean, really it's kind of a straight line up a little bit, right? Yeah. A little yeah. heading west, but kind of a straight line up. And I was like, I would like to make this a little bit longer. So to entice my daughter to get really excited about a road trip, where we're leaving at 3.34 in the morning. Yeah. And she's still asleep, and then she's going to wake up about eight. Well, about five hours outside of Austin, if you're going pretty fast, you can hit Roswell, New Mexico, maybe six hours. Okay. Well, we're getting alien pancakes. So the first right, stop absolutely. is heading direct <laughs> west, not even like north, west. Yep. Seven hours west, Roswell, New Mexico. Let's party. So Love we have alien pancakes. I get her a glow-in-the-dark alien ball at a gas station. Ah. I buy some alien beer. We take pictures with the alien statues all over town. And then we go through Taos. Yep. Because that's on the way. I've never been. I've heard it's amazing. It is epically gorgeous. Yeah. A, I mean, it's two-lane roads, but it's, it's amazing. Go up through Taos, yeah. get that corner of, of Colorado, north side of Denver, get our hotel, wake up the next morning, Get into Wyoming. Now I could go straight up to Billings, Montana, and then go over. That's yep. the quickest way. Wow. Nope. Two lane roads all the way as I'm pointing, saying, kid, yep. those are the Tetons. We're going to go over those. Those are 400. <sighs> Jackson Hole is 400 miles away, and those Tetons look big right now. Right. So we go to the top of the Tetons, get to the oh. highest point, pull over, have a snowball fight. That is so like down the other side, get barbecue at this place. It's um, where we're hanging out. I get my dad this, uh, this sweatshirt that says, I know how to barbecue or some bullshit like that because he <laughs> loves to cook meats, smoke yep. them. I yep. get in this sweatshirt. I'm like, put that on the tab for sure for dad. Go to the local store next door, grab all their local beers. The back of this minivan that I rented is got 10 or 12 six packs of local beers at every stop at every uh, stop. Uh, and then the kid it. is like, what does she want? Well, do you want a candy from here? Do you want, you want to stop and get a coffee or a hot cocoa, not coffee, a hot cocoa? What do you yeah. want to get there, kiddo? And so we'd make these stops. We finally, we roll into Townsend, we get in there and she's like, I can't wait to drive back. Which way are we going home? And it's just, dude, it's the <laughs> best. That you is, like, I mean, those are just the memories that are gonna stick forever. Forever. Right. I mean, it's it. Yeah. So That's we're doing awesome. another one. We're doing another one at the end of, uh, or at the end of July, beginning of August. Yeah. And, and I really, and I share this because I'll share this with you. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with this. My grandmother's 93. Yep. Doesn't have a lot of days left. Yep. Doesn't. I mean, and also the woman just plays solitaire, eats maple bars and drinks coffee. <laughs> And you'll be like, Grandma, what did you have today? She goes, I had a maple bar. I'm like, what did you have? She goes, I'm 93. I can eat what I want at a maple bar. I'm like, you know what? She makes a fair point. 
She makes a great point. She makes a fair point. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so we're, you know, I wanted to, and she goes, I don't want Harper to forget me. I don't want her to forget her grandmother. Yep. And I, I don't want her to either. Yeah. But I also don't want to be the person who drives up to visit you and kills you. Right. And I can be tested all I want, but I could be tested on Monday, get it yeah. on Tuesday, be asymptomatic. It's just, just talk to her. And, and I am, you know, and, and I run this very fine line. Yeah. And my, my listeners know this. I run this very fine line of frustration. I, I believe Harvard in 20 years is going to look back on COVID-19 and go, this is how to not communicate a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with a guy with a brat, bad spray tan and bad hair. It's yep. everyone across the board. Right. It, 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 from the outside looking in, you could take a step back and go, man, Joe Rogan with his podcast, if you accumulate ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, you put all their numbers together, they don't have yep. Rogan members. Right. And the pandemic came and they're like, hold my beer, Joe. Right. We, we, we've got chaos. We've got this. Yep. Yep. Right. And, and so I had to call my dad. And I'm just like, dad, I don't, I don't want to kill her. Right. I don't. I, but she desperately wants to see Harper. What do I do? And he called me back and he goes, I called my brothers. And they're not going to be mad at you if you go see her. In fact, they would encourage you to go see her. Mm-hmm. Go see her. Or the other people, if they have a problem, have them fucking call me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? It, it, but I know what you mean about the fine line. Mine's not, you know, I, I don't have a kid. But, uh, you know, we, I've told you that I have this girlfriend. It's where yeah. on about, uh, we started dating in late October. Okay. Um, so it's still relatively new, but it's good. And we had this whole plan. We were going to go in April to go see uh, her, her brother's getting married mm-hmm. on April 4th. And she's from Cleveland area. So we were going to go there. Then go over and see my dad, who's, um, uh, you know, he's living in an assisted living place now by himself. My mom passed, so he's, but he's 88, so he's, you know, older too, living in this assisted, we're going to go check on him. And then we're like, all right, that's a lot of family stuff or like new relationship, but want to do it. So maybe right after that, we'll just go to Jamaica for a week, ourselves and have some fun. So yeah. we have this great trip plan. We're so excited. New relationship, meet the families, go to the wedding, have some fun, go to Jamaica, done. Of course, this whole thing shuts everything down. Right. So we cancel the whole trip. We have to. Her brother ends up getting married, you know, small, small private thing. And then he's going to do the big thing in August. Well, you know, we're trying so hard. I, I want to meet her family. I don't think that's that's too dangerous. Uh, I don't think we'll do the Jamaica thing now. We'll probably just get in and out. But the, my dad thing is still a challenge because he's not by himself. He's in assisted living. Yeah. So we got to make sure that we're protecting him. But also the challenge is what if. It, what if this girlfriend who I'm so into and really in love, all that stuff, is the one? I don't know how long my dad's going to be here. I want her to meet my dad. She didn't get to meet my mom. So you, you balance out these challenges that we're dealing with right now of like, do we go out there and at least meet him from, he's sitting on the patio of the assisted living and we'll sit 10 feet outside of that saying hide him with masks on? It's, it's crazy. I don't know what the right answer is. It's, it's heartbreaking. It, it is. is. And uh, I, think, I think the harder, hardest part is, right. one, there's no right answer, except right. wear your mask, wash your hands. Absolutely. And be responsible, right? I mean, yep. we, know, we, know that's, we know that part is the right answer. 
the other yep. bullshit, the ancillary bullshit of, well, it travels this far and it, you know, and it travels on surface, it doesn't. Oh, if it touches sun, if the sun beams on it, then it can't, you know, all the other stuff that changes day by day, yep. moment by moment. I, I, I encourage people, don't hold on to those things. Don't hold on to them because you can't, but you can, you can hold, if you hold on to the tangible, right? Yeah. Wash your hands, wear a mask, be respectful of people's space and distance. I, mean, I snapped it. So I felt bad. I had to leave the grocery store because I'm in the grocery store and I'm grabbing some stuff and I put my mask on and right. grabbing my stuff and I'm looking at something and this person leaves their cart halfway down the aisle and comes up and puts their nasty ass foot on the side of the cooler to reach up and grab something right next to me. Right. It was an older person. And I guess this guy had done it quite a bit and I hadn't seen it, but I was already a little grumpy. And I go, Hey motherfucker, we're doing this for you. And your right. shit piss covered boot just yeah. got all over that. You're not wearing a fucking mask and you're getting close to me. If you don't right. care, you have to understand that this is why other people aren't going to care because we're doing it for right. you. Right. And, the and, you know, simple, and the angle, the simple thing to do is say, excuse me, but obviously yep. in your ignorance, you also can't fucking talk. And I said it like that. Oh, you know me. I'm just, yeah. Kidding. Yeah. And, and everyone applauded around me. Yeah. And he looked and he grabbed it. And I called a, co a worker over and I said, Hey man, can you just clean it? This fucking foot's been on here. I'm sorry for the language. This is, yeah. You know. And the guy stormed out. And I was like, Hey man, we're doing this just because you think I like wearing a mask? Right. You think I like just being like, hey, stay far away from me and my kid? Yeah. No. I want her to engage. I want her to be social. It's, it's um, the, the social construct is, should work in this situation, right? Like we all know we're doing it for a reason. Even if, you know, there's the, uh, there's the thing about it, it infringes on our freedom. So there's things that infringe on our freedom all the time. I hate wearing pants. I really do. I don't like it. When I'm working at home, I don't wear pants. But guess what? As part of the social construct, I'm going outside. I'm putting on some pants. Well, board shorts at least. Board shorts. Do you, do you uh, see real quick? Sorry to interrupt you. Do you see yeah. real quick? I mean, because I could see this happening. Yep. I could see Trump being reelected. Yep. And I could see in not four years, but eight years, we got nudist colonies, right? No pants wears, yep. no clothes yep. wears, and you could have yep. no mask colonies. Right. It I mean, could happen, but I'm going to be, personally, I'm going to the no pants colony. <laughs> I want to, I want a mask and then I can see dick and balls. It's fine. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What I, I want when I want it. Uh, you know, it's funny because here in Hawaii, we have another problem, which is like talking about, you know, protecting old people and stuff. We have this massive homeless problem, right? So we've oh, got yeah. homeless people everywhere that are coming into the ER and they've oh, got shit. no or anything. So, you know, my friends in the ER, my girlfriend, everybody's like, the hardest part is just telling people, don't come to the ER. Like, yes, you should come to the ER if you're sick, but not if you're not really sick, because you're probably safer staying, talking to your doctor, getting good advice. And when the time comes, your doctor says, go to the ER. But otherwise, there is so much germs and sneezing and coughing of people who don't have the ability to have protection and protect themselves and wash their hands that it's a whole different ball of wax here. Do you think now the, the uh, conspiracy theorist argument is, right? As I'm yep. cracking, cracking open this beautiful Austin Beer Works. Oh, Next dude, time I you, love Austin Beer Works. Dude, this, this, oh. um, this orange, this, uh, this blood work orange that they, seasonal beer they come. Yep. Dynamite, dynamite. We have to, at some point we'll have to do a beer exchange because our local breweries in Hawaii here, 
we only get, I, I think Mainland only gets two of them right now. Maui Brewing oh. Company, which is the biggest. Yep, that's the biggest. Uh, yeah. And Kona is sort of, it's, it's, yeah, it's owned good. by a, it's great. It's not owned by a Hawaii company. So it's oh. a little bit of a different follow. It's not truly a craft beer. It's sort of local. Maui is truly a local craft beer. It's just huge. Dude, um, but some of the smaller ones that you have, you've never, Beer Lab Hawaii, Honolulu Beer Works, Waikiki Brewing Company, Lonnie Kai Brewing Company. Uh, God, I could go down the list. Now, are you doing, doing just beer stuff. or do you do whiskey and spirits as well? I'll just At my bar? Yeah, no, with you personally. I mean, I know you got a martini oh. going on, so. Oh, uh, personally, I do. I do all of it. So um, I love a good martini. I'm a big whiskey drinker. Ooh, okay. um, I don't know if you want me to, I could show you my whiskey shelf that's over here uh, that I am just a collector of fine whiskeys. I love. Oh, I'll send you, I'll send you some whiskeys, bro. Uh, nine, oh, nine banded, uh, a couple of, I have some relationships with some, some whiskey and beer guys yeah. here that hook me up with some product and oh, man, um, I love that. I'll, I'll shoot it out. I'll get you a, uh, my, uh, my signature ammo can. Uh, Cause it's got my logo on it. It's got the, it's got the podcast logo on it. Dude, the oh, guy beautiful. painted it black. And he used a magnetic paint on the outside so that when you pop open the beer, bottled beer on the side, it sticks. Huh. I Love mean, it. he just did it all. But so that, I'll get some whiskeys. I'll put some beers in yeah. there as well. Um, my guy who runs the post office exchange place, right? Like a, a mile away from the house. Yeah. The best. Like the, he is the quintessential, like somewhat angry postal annex guy. You walk in, right. you're like, hey, man, how are you? He's like, Fuck you! I'm busy. What right. do you want? And you're like, that's a hello from Greg. Right, right. You're not dangerous, but you're grumpy. I can live with that. <laughs> Long hippie hair, like just wants yep. to get home and smoke a cigar. That's all he wants right. to do. Right. Drives a Dodge Challenger. He's like, what? Still, still sells you a stamp. You bring out a credit card, and he looks at you like, "Are you kidding me?" Are you he goes, "Just take me? the fucking stamp. Just take. Just it. take the stamp. Leave me the fuck alone." Yeah, <laughs> that's him. That's a hundred percent him. Uh, yep, yep. I'll get I'll I get a little care package for you going. But. Oh, that'd be beautiful. And then, yeah, I'll send you some uh, local beers, the ones you can't get. Ooh. They're doing a great job. They're, they're definitely not as developed as places like Austin or Denver or San Diego. But they're small, they're new, and um, they're just good guys. I'm but sure also, that's the case there. Can't you also see that some of these people, they get overdeveloped? And I mean, like, yes. they get, they, they're like, I'm going to try, and, and I mean this in the nicest way, because I, I absolutely love some of the work that Stone does. Yes, totally. But also, there's moments where you're like, hey, Stone, yeah. right. you're, you're drinking a little too much of your own Kool-Aid. Right, right. I, you know, and I'm a little bit of a beer purist in the sense that, uh, so I love a good IPA. I like a West Coast IPA. I like them, yep. not, not, uh, not from the West Coast, West Coast style. I like them hoppy. I like um, a little push in the alcohol higher and higher. Um, I don't need fruit flavors in my beer. I don't need peanut butter flavors in my beer. I don't need milkshake IPAs. I mean, all that stuff just gets too weird for me. Yep. Um, doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. If I go to a brewery, I want to try them all out. I can appreciate a well-balanced beer that's using, uh, you know, obviously a good store, stout or porter that does chocolate or coffee or things like that. But I do think a lot of these big brands are just coming out with beers that I don't know what they're going for. I can't imagine wine trying to do like, hey, guess what? We now have a peanut butter Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. Really? That's terrible. I don't want it. <laughs> the French, um, the French would revolt. <laughs> right. Now, that being said, I did the other day try Screwball for the first time. I was going to ask if that's on your shelf. That was the first, that was, I, you're, you're, you're jumping to my question already. I'm like, sorry, and I've I'm tried sorry, Screw, no, 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 it's good because I've tried Screwball <laughs> as well. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not a whiskey purist. However, today I did make a uh, pecan pie, but oh. I used bourbon, oh. a little bit of chocolate, oh. and, I didn't like use, and, I, and I didn't use corn syrup. Oh. Okay. So I like, little, uh, like about, a, um, about four tablespoons of molasses, two thirds of a cup of brown sugar, two thirds of a cup of really high grade maple syrup. Okay. Three eggs. That's all you got. That's yeah. all you got. A little vanilla. Uh, I get a little cap full of vanilla. Boom. Okay. Whisk that in there with I, the eggs and then add yeah. it. You got a toast. You got, I soak overnight. First of all, I soak overnight my pecans in bourbon. Yeah. And then wow. I toast them. I just want to eat those. Minutes. You don't even need to do anything with those. I'll just take those. <laughs> you don't take those. I eat those. Yeah. I walk by the fridge and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just having a pecan. She goes, it's eight in the morning. And those have been soaking in bourbon for 24 hours. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. I'm in. What's your point? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not understanding your point. It's going right over my head. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, these are amazing. That sounds amazing. I don't cook a lot of desserts. I've never been, uh, no, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm not a dessert person. Savory, I could do all day. And don't get me wrong, Ooh. a good dessert, I take a bite and I love it. You know, if I yeah. taste that pie, I'd be all over it. I just don't crave it at all. Whereas sure. like savory stuff, like, uh, you know, I, the other day I made uh, maybe my best batch of buffalo wings at home I've ever made. How do you make proud. them? What's your, what's, your, so, what's your process? Okay, so the biggest thing for me is I'm not going to fry them. I don't, I don't like frying stuff for a lot of reasons. The health, I also just don't love that, the way it feels and tastes. You don't, I don't like, like that in-between bite where the hot grease kind of kind of squirt out, and you're like, oh, that's you know, right. that was oil. <laughs> right, I know that's surprising, but no, I don't love that. <laughs> I don't know why. So, by the way, Billy Crystal looks so good in this scene, right? He's not a great-looking guy, but this is like, come on, Billy, you look great. Anyway, he's got that perfect, um, perfect beard that he didn't come in. Now it's in fashion. Like we are both rocking that same beard right, right now. Right. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And, and this is that scene, you know, uh, he, he's just telling his best friend that he's getting a divorce. And you can just, just, you can see it in his face. Like Billy Crystal is not known as a great actor. He's a funny guy. That scene, it's like, you don't need to hear a word. You know exactly what's happening. Anyway, but, I dig and, and real quick. We all have that friend who you just, you want to shave the mustache off, <laughs> right? right, right. <laughs> but you're like, I love him. And if right. that's his journey, that's his journey. Right. I'm going to support him. And yeah. every, and every yeah. wife and every girlfriend's like, are we going to talk about the mustache? Like you watch right. interviews. But you know, we, we can judge what his name, Bruno, the guy who plays the best friend, Bruno something. Bruno something. Anyway, yeah. we can judge whatever we want. He ends up getting with Princess Leia. So no judgments. No judgments. Don't don't. Carrie Fisher, you know, come on. And by the way, in this movie, funny story, when they talk about where they're from, she, as her hometown, picks South Orange, New Jersey. About as random a town as you can pick, that's where I was born. Really? Where I grew up. Yeah, South Orange, New Jersey. Oh, I love it. Anyway, coincidental. Coincidental. So going back to uh, Buffalo whiskey, yeah. And what, no, buffalo wings. Yes, Buffalo wings. Yes. Okay, so the trick is, since I'm not frying them, how do I make them relatively crispy without frying them and just baking them? So I heard about this trick, which actually really works. So what I do is I take the wings and uh -oh. you toss them first thing in the pan out. Hold on, you got to start over. So we gotta, we gotta, hold on, you got you to start over. We've got a hard pause. Okay. Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Okay. So uh, you, gotta, you take the buffalo wings and you dry them out completely. Um, I do support getting fresh wings rather than, uh, than frozen wings, but honestly, either way, just make sure you defrost them. Dry them out, paper towels, whatever you got, get them dry as you can. Then take them, put them in the fridge, 
put them in there if you can overnight, let them dry out even more. If you leave them out kind of uncovered in the fridge, they'll dry out even more. Then you take those and you toss them with a mix of baking, God, is it baking powder or baking soda? It's oh. one of those. I think it's baking powder. Baking powder absorbs more moisture. And so it's a trick I found online. You take the baking powder, you mix it with salt, pepper, paprika, garlic powder, onion powder. Just kind of make a little mix of a powder stuff. Sprinkle it all in there, toss it up. And let that just kind of be that, that, uh, that almost like a rub. Okay. Take those. Now you're going to you set your, uh, I think yeah, it's like 450 I cook them at. 450. Wow. They're nice and preheated. It is. It takes a while to cook them. So you really got to keep an eye. And I, uh, I, I put them on a tray with a, uh, what do they call it? Like a grate? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like one of those yeah. roasting pans where you've got the grate on top right. and you've got the pan on the bottom. Exactly. So you lay them out, you give them a little bit of space in between, you got a little extra of that, that rub stuff, you put them on there, uh, bake them for, uh, I usually do 20 minutes at a time. So 20 minutes, check how they're doing, flip them over, Ooh. do another 20 minutes. What you're looking for is to get them kind of golden brown. And when you start seeing that golden brown, and with that baking powder stuff, you're gonna start to see it sizzle, kind of like as if it's frying, because it's so dry. It's getting hot. At that point, I give them a spray of olive oil. Just give them an extra little bit of something. To like crisp you have like up. a little like a like a squirt gun kind of thing or whatever, like a mister, and just I, I do. I have the mister, okay. and I just fill that with with some EVOO and just spray it over there and get, give that extra little bit of crisp. When I think they're almost done is when I take them out and I toss them in the sauce. Right. A lot of people say finish them and then just toss them in the sauce when you're ready to go. I actually toss them in the sauce and let them cook again. Let it cook oh, for and it kind of caramelize it on there a little gets bit. It right, it gets it in there. I think you could argue maybe it's making it a little less crispy that way, but I want that sauce in there. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, I I toss them in there, let them cook for a five ten minutes more. Take them out, toss them in some warmed up sauce, which the sauce is uh, Frank's Red Hot, uh, a little bit of butter. They say a lot of butter. I don't use that much butter, um, and I actually add some extra hot. I like putting in some either like Cholula or something, just to give it that actual kick. And in my personal edition, I, they use they say sugar. I use honey. I want a little stickiness. Ooh, see, I I'm with that. So I just I took some dehydrated ghost peppers the other day, mm. chopped them up, put about a thing of honey, put it on the double broiler. So you got boiling water on the bottom. You yeah. got a, a bowl on top. Got the honey yep. nice and loose and thin, like you could almost just be like like water almost consistently. Yeah. And took that dried ghost pepper, dropped it small. like cut it up really small put it in there and then I let it simmer like on a low boil. So medium yep. high for about 30 minutes and just stirred it every two minutes. Oh, boom, boom, so boom. Good. Put it back in the honey, everything together, no cheesecloth. Everyone's like, yep. oh, use the cheesecloth. I'm like, no, no, I want this honey to get hotter as I use it. Yeah. Put it in there. So the other, I tried it out the first time. I'm like, oh, that's got a good kick to it. Ghost pepper, obviously it's got a good kick to it. Sure. Well, we've got a, a, a relative staying over and I made this, a, grossly from the movies white person breakfast right <laughs> you've got yeah. grape juice orange juice grapefruit juice three different <laughs> right. kinds of biscuits salmon right. rolls pancakes <laughs> bacon sausage da, 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 you know eggs a little spicy like, smoothie on the side <laughs> yeah and everyone's like uh all the biscuit i gotta go right and you're like i got made all this fucking right. food so i get the biscuit fresh out of the oven tear it in half put the sausage patty on there mm. Put a little, uh, put the scrambled egg on there, and then I drizzled some of this honey on there, and I took a bite, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is good!" Oh. And then the heat hit, and I looked at oh, my I wife, bet. and I started to sweat under my eyes. Oh. Go, 
it's gotten a little hotter. Yeah. But it's yeah. so good because the sweetness oh, and the heat, that, that thing, that little dance. And I learned yeah. that from, I did an interview with a guy, and I, don't, I hate to call him interviews, conversation, because we talked for like three hours. Chef Joe Gatto. Okay. You, you would love him. He does everything from scratch. And when I'm talking everything from scratch, Adam, to start off this series, he made his own knives. <laughs> okay, that's from scratch. So he walked <laughs> through the fields and picked his hops and barley and grain and made his own beer he, wow. uh, to make his own pizza, to use his own knife, to cut the pepperoni. He made his own foot-long hot dogs for his kids because he wanted to know what went into a hot dog and how hard or easy it it's was fair. to make. Yeah. Everything from scratch. So I sent him the thing today. I'm like, hey, I made a bourbon pecan pie. I feel like I failed you. I didn't make my own bourbon. I'm such a piece of shit. I didn't grow the pecans myself. I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I, I know how to make croissant dough. So I, yeah, I did there that. And then, so I do a cinnamon roll crust, right? So you roll out the croissant dough, you do the cinnamon and sugar, you roll it up, yep. you put it into sections, you roll mm -hmm. that up flat again, and then boom, you got this dough. Then you put the shit in the center and bake it. So I sent him a pic and he's like, dude, it looks great, Jason. I'm really proud of what you're doing. I'm like, the only thing from scratch was the croissant dough. I didn't even make my own cinnamon. I feel like I failed you. And he's like, go to start somewhere, bud. You're doing great. Baby steps. It's all about baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> we're not growing our own chicken. We're not making our own chickens. To have right. chicken wings. You know what? I think we're all progressing. Like if I remember back a couple of years ago, the first time I made my own buffalo wings, uh, I literally, you know, I bought a jar of sauce that said buffalo wing sauce. Yep. And I thought I was, I thought I was cooking from scratch with that. So it's, you know, you, you progress over time. You do. You, you, <laughs> you're giving you, it's, it's interesting as you run through these cycles, right? And, and we've, oddly enough, like we've run through these, a, a couple of these cycles together. Right. Uh, one being, you know, we, we worked the same spot um, together for, for a hot minute, uh, doing something yep. very cool that arguably uh, your idea and your thought process and what you created in that cool idea that then I got a leverage to put on CNBC and all I mean, these other you, cool you got, outlets. You got, you got the word out. You got the pro surfer connected to it. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was a team, we were a great effort, team that, effort. That was great. Like you have this, it was, it was the beauty of working and, 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 and doing this, but it also, right. it happened, I think, because at the time I have, I have progressed I would say arguably uh, a little more liberal in a lot of things that I do. Yeah. Um, and some of that was education. Some of that's mm -hmm. just getting older and having a kid. Some yeah. of that is seeing the, how the world works around you. But I mean, right. I was relatively arrogant and young uh, oh, when I, I first met you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, our boss was arrogant and old, which was the problem. <laughs> was the problem, right? She was arrogant and old and didn't know how a checkbook worked. Other no, than that, no, she didn't. Great ideas. She was great. She was great. She, I'll tell you what. She, she knew how to bring smart people together. She didn't know how to manage did. them or didn't know how to leave them alone to let them do it. Did not have the finances to let us do what we wanted to do to make it successful. Right. But we made... I would say the dopest body glove t-shirt of all time. Yes. We also, we did something that was uh, so ahead of its time, which so was, because things are being done now where, you know, we took a brand from outside of what people would think of pets. Yep. And instead of saying, this is a pet product and a pet brand, so you should understand it. We created a story and a brand 
so that it was so obvious that, that you know, we didn't take, um, I'm going to give an example, like, uh, uh, well, it's not a directly pet brand, but SpongeBob, right? SpongeBob and aquariums. It's so, it makes perfect sense. Why would you not put those two together? It's an underwater character. It's great for kids. You do a fish tank, etc. We took something that, that people would look at and say, wait, I don't get it. And created something and a story and a, and a, and a tale behind it and a product to support it that, um, you know, everybody, we got it placed everywhere. If, if people had just left us alone to do what we needed to do, who knows where we'd be today? Who knows where we'd be today? Who knows? But it's also, it's hilarious because to, to your point of that, right, of the, the story and the creation, the idea and bringing in the pro surfer and bringing in the business right. community and, and, and bringing in the pet lover. And remember we had that, uh, I had that meeting with Rob Deerdick and we wanted to use his right. dogs and they're like, they're 350,000 a piece. We're like, oh, no, we don't. We've already been on CNBC. We've already done business. Right. We've done all the major press and the pet right. press. Yep. The funnest part I remember was getting the samples and you looking yes. at them going, dog will tear this apart. Nope. Nope. That's good. I yep. design horrible <laughs> fabric. Nope. Nope. And you just knew from just your history of understanding. Like I'd be like, this is super cool. You're like, a poodle could tear that apart and choke on it and die. No. Right. And you this just knew. This is an knew. active brand. Yep. It's an active brand and you knew. And, and the idea of knowing and also you stopping the tent for the dogs. They're like, the dog will cook in that tent. We cannot mm -hmm. have a pet tent. And she right. was like, no, we're going to have one. I was like, great, you can have one. Make it for camping. Like now we're, now we're creating other arms of right. outdoors with dogs, which is great. And we didn't yep. get to fulfill that part of the camping side, which I know we wanted to. Yeah. But the inside and, and, I, and, I, and I keep harping on this because I want people to understand when you're working with someone who has a different skill set than you, that has a different understanding than you, that understand pets better than you and I'll understand how to pitch the media differently than you would. But the oh, yeah. idea of all of those things where I'm like, this is cool. And you're like, Jay, a gerbil could destroy that in 10 seconds and choke and die on it. Now I have a choice to make in my brain. I can go, yeah, but it's cool. Or you go, good point, toss it to the, you know, we're gonna put right. it over here where we can rework it because we like it. There was the yep. bucket, there was the fuck it, and there was the rework it. Right. And there was a lot in the rework. There was very little in the what we're gonna use it. And there was a lot yep. in the fuck it. Well, absolutely. And, and to, I think part of it too, is we took such pride in what we were selling. Oh, right. yeah. it's, it's from, from the standpoint of my design, but also, you know, you carry it all the way to you using your contacts and abilities to get it out there. And it's like, if you're talking about some thing that we made that we threw a brand on, okay, nobody's getting excited about this, right? Yeah. I can, I can source, I can source a million dog collars tomorrow and put whatever brand you want on it. But the fact that we looked at it and said, we're going to line it with neoprene and we're going to put the double ring on because turns out 90% of collars that break, they don't break on the on the material part, they break at the clip. Yeah. Well, how do we make the clip stronger? I know, put metal rings that connect outside the clip and clip it together. We're gonna make pet life vests. We weren't the first ones to do that. We were just the first ones to use human grade materials. <laughs> and all those things that when I had such pride of, of ownership of creation, but then handing off to you, that when you're talking it to people, you're not full of it when you're talking about, this is an exciting line, it is fun. It's, it was just great times. It was so fun to work on that, and uh, still one of my still one of my greatest achievements. I feel like. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And and I mean, 
and I, and I say this very respectfully because I do mean this, you taught me a lot about kind of setting an ego behind. Yeah. I mean, you really did because I remember you sitting down with me. I don't remember this conversation. We were chatting it up and uh, we're, ta we're talking about something. And I, for anyways, there was a disagreement about it. And yeah. you're like, okay. And you go, hey, Jay, let me tell you a story real quick. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, you're in your office. And I sit down, like, what's going on? I go, so I had this meeting with these people and uh, they're all, I forget the state. I'll just go pick one, Alabama. And they're all gun toting. And I go to meet them. They've all got guns and they're talking, of, they're dropping the N word and they hate ladies. And they are fundamentally against everything I'm at. But I put my ego aside and I rerouted the conversation every time to this, because mm -hmm. at the end, the goal was X. Yep. The driver might be Y, and I'll change the driver's mind later, but I needed to get them to where we're at so we can move forward, and then I'll work on them later if it's appropriate. I, and it, and it, it, it stuck with me because I have, I mean, one, I get so excited and I talk louder and I, I have an ego and all these things, and it, that story and i still i still reminisce on that story because it calms me down it makes me think yeah. oh yeah it's more than me in the scenario pushing this forward there's all these other moving parts and if i can't figure out how to work with them i'm going to fail yep and that was you well thank you i'm glad that that was meaningful it's, re it's really um I, I mean i had i've had so many places in my career where i was just an egotistical little shit, right like i just knew when i was the buyer at petco and i was like responsible for buying for it huge chain and people would talk remember do you know who i am i'm the buyer for petco you arrogant little shit everybody's got a job to do what's what's your problem and then when you realize you know my my job this bit you know i'm a businessman right regardless yeah. of what piece of business we're in whether it's marketing sales development uh human resources whatever it is we're all part of a if that's your career you're a part of a business there is no department of ego Right, I've got a job to do, and my job is to, if it's product development, I'm trying to develop the best possible product. Ego doesn't help me do that. Developing the best product does, and sometimes that means I'm wrong, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If it means we're going to sell way more product, that's great. It's funny because the other, I, I, I've had a couple stories in my life that really impacted me in big ways. I don't know if we ever talked about this one. One of my favorite, uh, here's the scene, by the way. Here, here's the scene. <laughs> the scene. It, it's, by the way, it's almost my least favorite scene because it's the one that everybody knows. Yeah. It's the orgasm scene, right? Yep. The fake orgasm one. Right? Um, you do the math. Every woman's fake orgasm at least once in her life. Every guy says it's never happened to him. You do the math. I will, I will <laughs> say this. Uh, I have, I, as I got older, I've learned a couple of things. One, you don't always hit home runs. Yep. And it's not okay that you're okay with it it's only okay if she's okay with it a, right. right right because you've tried your best you've listened you've done everything right i mean you, you yep. have so there, there's a b uh you know i i hate the response from guys go i faked one too hey that's that's not a badge of honor and i don't think women right. carry faking an orgasm as a badge of honor as right. much as they carry it as this is how fragile we know your egos are Right, right. This is this is what's going to make. Which kind of ties into your story, right? Of like, right. You can't develop something great if your ego's first in the room. If you're walking right. in, you're like, I'm the big dick bandit. Here I am. Da -na 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 -na. You should have an orgasm just by seeing me. It, it, and I think women are so smart in that way because the one, women who do, 
it's because they know I want to walk away with this as a pleasant experience. Yeah. And if you feel like I didn't have a good time, you're going to be not happy. Oh, it's gross. They, they massage that ego for us in some way. Um, you know, the other business story I was going to tell you before, you know, Harry and Nassau, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. interrupted us was uh, I, I was working. This is when I was really young and I was working retail at Eddie Bauer. I just started working at the store Eddie Bauer. Um, which did not last long because I am um, not what you'd call a fashionable guy. And I thought it was an outdoor store and it turned out to be more of a clothing store. Anyway, so it's, I, you, I was hired. Did, as hold a on. did you prep for the interview by watching some Seinfeld? You're like Elaine with that weird boss who was all the outdoors I, I, guy. Right. I wish I had <laughs> because I was so unprepared. Those people who came into Eddie Bauer looking for help from this retail employee who left probably with the worst matching outfit ever because like, oh, no, the guy said it looks great. I, you know, I, I, I kind of want to show you my closet. So you can be like, no, it probably didn't look great. No, it didn't. Um, <laughs> so I'm working there as, a, as assistant manager. And uh, there's, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm probably on day three. Really just out of my element. I'm a pet store guy. But I, I got this opportunity to, to progress and go into a different area. So I'm working. Working on the register. Still learning how to use it. And this woman comes up. And she brings all this stuff over. And I'm trying to like, get it all run up. I'm putting it aside. And she's getting so impatient. I mean, just, what is wrong with you? Do you know how to work this register or not? I, sorry, ma'am, it's just my third day. I'm, I'm really, uh, just give me one second. Doing something, oh wait, that's a negative. I need to negative that out. She's just getting so annoyed. And I'm like, what is going on? Finally, she's just like, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm done with you, go get your manager. So I'm freaking out. I mean, honestly, I'm probably 17 at the time, 18 at the time. I'm like, well, there went that job opportunity. I'm, I'm so upset. I get my manager and I'm like, hey, so this lady wants to see you. She comes over. He's like, no problem, ma'am. I'm really sorry. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Let me. He rings her up. He takes care of it. Sends her on her way. I turn around. I'm like, I'm like, Ed, I'm actually, oddly, his name was Ed working at Eddie Bauer. Um, I'm like, Ed, I am, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was doing wrong. I was trying to get it. He goes, Adam, calm down. What? He goes, sometimes it's not about you. Like, well, what do you mean? I was doing it all, all wrong. He goes, did you, ever, did you notice she, she was a, a very large lady and you're this small 17-year-old guy and you're ringing her up for triple and quadruple XL leggings. She was probably just a little embarrassed. And you were taking a long time. She wanted to get in and out. I'm like, okay. He goes, sometimes when people are acting that way to you, it has nothing to do with you. Just get it done. Don't worry about it. Be the best person you can be. It's not always about you. God, that's a great insight. I want to take that clip and I want to share it with like Austin Digital Jobs. Because, <laughs> because these people get so mad. They're like, well, I got to, you know, it, it, uh, it's all this, you know, and it, it has its highs and lows based on, of course, yep. employment rates, right? But they're like, oh, fuck this recruiter. They asked me to do all this stuff and I didn't get the job. It's like, wait, it's, to your point, it's not about you. Think right. about what they're going through. And, and I think that's maybe even the bigger picture, right? That the largest part of this picture is, and it leads back to the time where we're at here. And it leads back to the movie, right? Where Billy Crystal yeah. realizes it's not about him. Right. And where if, and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll take the extreme right side of this and be very nice. But the person that's yeah. not wearing the mask, it is easy for you to walk in the store and look at them and go, fucking jerk, or just give right. them an evil look. However, we don't know what they've gone through that day. Right. We don't know if they've read the news. 
they might not be a news person. They might not have a television. We don't know. Right. And the, and the, and the jump to conclusion, the, the assumption junction of that, look what I'm doing. Right. Look what me, look what me and I'm doing. So you better do it almost akin to my story about look what me and I'm doing and the old guy getting in my way. And I'm like, no, but look what right. I'm doing for you. It's about right. me. And it's not about me. Right. And it, but, in that, but yeah, but only, but, but that's the extreme, right? Right. That's right. the extreme of, right. of trying to understand, of, of, of trying to figure it out in, in some capacity. The middle ground is, is having a healthy understanding that our lives aren't perfect. Yep. And having a healthy dose of knowing the difference between judgment and encouragement. Right. The difference between understanding and dismissal and the yep. embracement of, Hey, you know what? Since COVID mm -hmm. kicked off, how many hugs have we had? Right. So right. emotionally, I mean, and you felt that hug, right? Because you moved across country. So you got to think oh, about yeah. that first time you came across country, you're in San Diego, you're all by yourself, you're going to pick up that first hug, how yeah. good that felt. Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody's dealing with a lot of stuff, right? Whether it be the, the lack of human contact with look, people are afraid, right? Yeah. Fear, fear makes people do stupid, stupid stuff. And yet, you know, I, I talking about the, the ER again, you know, one of the things that, that I don't hear enough from the people on TV, whether it be the, the news stations or even the medical people that are being interviewed. When I talk to my friends who work at the ER, the thing that worries them is not how fast it spreads. It's not the, whether it'll go airborne and carry longer. It's how little they know about it. Sure. Right, so they're used to, here's the regimen. You come in, you have this problem, here's how we fix it, or here's how we take care of it, and we move you on to the specialist or whatever. This thing acts in such weird ways that that's what that's what's worrying them is that it doesn't have a standard operating procedure it doesn't have a okay we do x y and z this is a this is a virus that's making people really fearful people are, are afraid they do stupid stuff and sometimes it doesn't even make sense sometimes the more afraid you are of a virus you go fine then i'm not wearing a mask yeah. you're not thinking logically you're not thinking about i can do x y and z and i'm helping everybody else so I think it's just really important that we realize a lot of times when people are acting a certain way to us or about us or in a public place, it's not as obvious as this happened and therefore they're jerk because they're acting this way. You know what? They might've just found out that morning that their kid didn't get into school or their mom has cancer. You, you just don't know. It's just not always about what's happening in front of us. We're complicated creatures with messy minds. Yeah, and I, I would say you know, to your point about it's not about you, it's so funny, it just it popped into my brain. And not to throw this lady on blast, but she doesn't do a good job and I've had my confrontations with her and it's my podcast, so fuck it. Mm. Uh, the principal of uh, my daughter's school sent an okay. email today. Now we're at what, 20 some odd percent unemployment? Yep. Nationwide. Um, even those people who are employed obviously have their pay cut. Right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? She sends out an email and she goes, Hey, just want to let you guys know I've been since three twelve whenever school shut down. Right. I've been working 12, 15 hour days. It's been crazy. And I'm taking a two week vacation. I'm going to the beach with my family. That's how she starts the email. 
and then goes on to be like, we don't know what school is going to look like, or we're going to make it the best we can. Blah, 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 blah. Once again, I'm going to enjoy my vacation for two weeks. I hope you enjoy yours. The tone deafness. Tone deaf completely. Of, of just being like, I'm going on vacation for two weeks. Arguably 20% of the people reading that, minimum 20%, are out of work. Right. The other 80%? Let's take 70% of the 80% have gotten pay cuts and they're not having a vacation at all. And oh, by the way, when school shut down on 312, yep. we taught our kids. Right. So we had the same 12 and 15 hour days as you did, you arrogant. Plus this new job. Plus the new job of teaching our kid, right. plus everything else. I'm so glad that you are taking time with your family and you're gonna express that in an email to right. every parent of every student at that fucking school. Who, who most of them didn't even need, need to know that. It's not like you're no. communicating with her every day. You literally just threw it in people's faces. Yeah, just like, hey, guess what? Vacation, and I've worked right. hard, so I deserve it. And it's, it's the tone deafness, the yeah. ignorance of, 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 of the, and, and the, the attitude of just being like, yeah, let me just, let me just share. I get paid a lot of money. To educate right. you, and and you don't, you know what? I found out based on rules and responsibilities outside of educational acclimates of MBAs yep. and other things, the principal is a middleman or middle woman to the school district superintendents. They're like, we want these things your teachers yep. to do, and the middle person goes, got it. I'm going to make them do it. Yeah, that's all they do. So you're 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 a middle person, right? And you're bragging about your vacation. Because you are one of the few people on planet Earth that didn't get your pay reducted. So it's you, it's senators, congressional people, right? That you're 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 right. you're in this very you're in rare air where you didn't get cut. However, yeah. from the outside looking in, it doesn't look you worked that hard from March until now. And yep. now you're telling me you worked so hard, yet nothing's been done. My, so my kid that. still doesn't have her shit from her classroom after 312 still doesn't have any of that but you're taking two weeks off super awesome have a great Ridiculous. fucking time yep and that's 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 the anger side of me yeah the uh, you know what, i mean to your point yeah sorry no no i was just gonna say and then uh, please but then then the side of me that goes man i need to be more compassionate is she just doesn't know she's so wrapped up right. in a bureaucratic bubble of who right. she is and what she does because it is about her and she is the principal yeah. Right. It ends. It starts and ends with her at that school until she decides she can blame someone. It starts right. and ends there. Right. So it is about her. And let me and the email shows this is about me. And I bring all that up only because to your point, man, how many of us can learn a lesson of what a manager at an Eddie Bauer <laughs> right. grabbed you and said, Right. Way, he was probably he was probably 21 or 22 at the I'm 17. He's not a whole <laughs> lot older than me. Uh, and that life lesson is just it's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's it's really um, this is a weird time. I had somebody tell me the other day um, when they, they had heard that my girlfriend works at VR and they said, well, at least at least her job's secure. So uh, death is not a security bet. Yeah. So first of all, <laughs> First of all, uh, and luckily I knew how it was intended. Um, I am worried about her every day. 
Yeah. She's, she's literally going into the frontline war zone. This is no different than in this world we're living in right now. The ER providers who are, they take what comes in. They don't get to say no. Is fighting a pandemic, they are the equivalent of, we just had our shores invaded. The Marines are going to try to stop them. Yep. And you're worried about your person who's there. So that's one. Two is her, her job is not secure. Even the ERs are losing hours. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but across the country, my, my brother-in-law back in Delaware, he's an ER doc. Um, all my friends here, I've got friends in San Diego. Because of the way that the ER has shifted, um, that basically uh, they're, they're all working less hours. So this assumption of, well, at least the ER has their job security. I need to take a deep breath and realize, you know what? You, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't mean it in anger, but, uh, you know, maybe shut that up. And also there's, <laughs> there's, eco there's economics behind it, right? So right. if you have like New York, I'm going to have a thousand people in buses driving up. They're going to donate their time to help these ER doctors out, which is a great noble thing. It right. is. Yep. However, then if there was a person who was going to get paid, right. they're not now. And that's and I, and, I, and, and what what I mean by that, and I don't bring that up as a contagion point. Yeah. People should not donate time, but what it should show, and it goes back to the original, very very start of this conversation, is the economy yep. is built one way. Our hearts right. are built another way, and right. the two don't coincide. And I would argue that this moment, this time, this global pandemic, this economic shutdown, this yep. false this false inflation of the stock market. Yep. All those things is the time. If you want to reset an economy yep. that not only moves the needle forward, but is yep. in line with the heart of people of yep. who we are and how we love our neighbors as ourselves. So we just, we just, then, then, then we have it. And unfortunately what I see is I see is not doing that and getting distracted on, yeah. on, on, and I, and I, and I, this is a secondary question to this is, I, it gets distracted on on the TikTok videos and the right. doctors and nurses dancing. And I would ask the secondary question of this is, how does your, your significant other feel about seeing those videos? You're just like, I'm exhausted and drained and coming home. Yeah. And then there's TikTok and I'm like, are they, you know, and, it, and I don't mean there's a negative way. I'm not saying they're not working. <laughs> I'm not saying those, okay. <laughs> but I'm not saying those people aren't working. I'm just saying, yeah. God damn, come on, man. Yeah, she. I also think the the, the medical community um, is so used to not not getting. I don't want to say pats on the back. That's not the right word. Um, because even before her, a lot of my good friends are in the medical community and, and my family members and stuff. You know, we're so used to wearing our ribbons and having music videos for the military. That's sure. what we're used to as a America in the last 30, 40 years that's what we we recognize thank you for your service right mm -hmm. we're not used to thanking people for their service outside of that world um and, and i've always been one to say you know I, and you know my normal life before covid i travel a lot yep a lot i'm, I'm on the road nonstop. whether it's going from hawaii to california going to arkansas for meetings going to arizona for meetings going to trade shows whatever it might international to meet up with clients in australia i'm always on the road so, and this is, gonna, this is gonna sound kind of gross, but I, I think you'll find it funny. Uh, the people I always say thank you to, for your service to 
is when I land at an airport at roughly, let's say, 8 a.m., and I got to get changed, and I got to get cleaned up. There's a guy in that bathroom cleaning up. There's this guy rolling his cart. He's probably making minimum wage, and he's cleaning those bathrooms. And I'm sorry, if you've ever been in an airport at 8 a.m., and all those people are eating McDonald's all morning and uh, oh. using it, that guy's a hero. He's keeping that bathroom clean for those of us who have to be there. I know that sounds ridiculous. I've had people say, how can you compare that to, to the military and stuff? This guy's not getting any accolades. He's not getting big money. He's just doing his best to make a living for him and his family or whoever he's got and doing a rough job. And I get to benefit from it. And he's keeping the economy moving. He's keeping yeah. those of us who are buying and selling. So I just think there's always people who don't get the, the accolades for doing their job. And I, I say that because it ties to the ER. My girlfriend, my best friend, all these people, they're not used to getting thanked for what they do. They're used to taking care of people who come into the ER, whether it be the, the rich kid who broke his arm or the homeless guy who comes in every day it's raining and tries to get a sandwich or whether it's, uh, you know, we have a pandemic. So I think they don't love the accolades because they're just not used to it. And the, the TikTok people, the nurses who are getting together to spell mask with their arms and, you know, playing music to Katy Perry. You know, my girlfriend was saying, sure, yeah, fine. You want to do that? I, I, whatever. You want to do that? I don't care. I, I just have a job to do. So if you just could do me a favor and not do it over by the area I've got to cross by while I'm trying to get my PPE and new gloves so I can take care of that patient, that would be great. <laughs> but thank you all. That's fine. It's, so, um, it's, yeah. It's a weird thing, man. And I, I agree with you on, on, on the accolades to, uh, to the others uh, that don't get them. I was, in a, yeah. I was at a convenience store. It was a convenience store. And this right. guy just got, I mean, you don't, you know, there's the, there's the plexiglass. He's got a mask. Right. The guy's got a mask. The mother Marlboros. And I'm like, right. hey, I'm so glad you're wearing the mask and smoking. Good for you, sir. <laughs> right, right. By all means, thank you for just killing yourself. Are you rolling up the windows with your kid in the car and smoking that cigarette at the same time? That would be fantastic. Right. Please get after it. But, you know, so he berates this poor young lady and, you know, finally just leaves and throws his money down and doesn't get his change. And I looked at her and I was, I was riding my bike. I, I can't play basketball, obviously, because of COVID and what's going on. So I bought, I bought a bike. Canceled. Nice. There goes my bike. Uh, <laughs> He agrees. He's gonna. He's, our neighbor dog is out, so he is now very excited. Um, but um, but so it's funny because we're hanging out, we're talking, and um, I looked at her and I go, "Hey, can I get this, this, and this?" And she goes, "Yeah, yeah." And I go, "Hey, thanks for being here." Right. And she goes, "What?" I go, "Thanks for being here." And this little Indian lady teared up. Yeah. Jesus, banjo, teared up, just teared yeah. up, and she's like. I'm like, no, thanks for being here. And I'm riding a bike. I'm not getting gas. I'm not getting my right. essentials. I'm stopping by like a, like a Gatorade because I'm fat and arrogant and, right. and still want to seem thin. So I wear those neoprene vests sure. and pants. So I sweat yeah. extra. So I just yep. really dump all the sweat out to seem thin for about two hours. I'm like, look yep. how thin I could have been if I just had a better diet. Right, it's like a corset. <laughs> it is like a corset. Like, I just get it. I got to take it off, and then it's all wet and sweaty. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have to deal with yeah. all that mess. This is great. My ribs feel good. My waist is right. great. Right. Right. And uh, but I told, but she started to cry a little bit. Yeah. And then I went to our local grocery store, and I was going through the line, 
And I told the person who bagged my groceries, but to touch my bags, you got to bring your right. own bags here, right? So I bring my right. own bags. Yep. Like, here you go. <gasps> boom, boom, boom. What do you want? Yep. And I said, hey, thanks for being here. Hold on one second. Bernard, stop, please. <laughs> got to use his middle name sometimes. Okay. Oh, that's me. That's me. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I said, hey, thanks for being here. And yep. the grocery bagger was like, uh, this gentleman wanted to say something to you, to the checker. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm talking to you, asshole. It's right. It's thanks for being here. And that person started to cry. And and then I got the realization of of oh wait, man, has no one thanked these people for working? Like they're bagging my groceries. I make my daughter say thank you to them right. every time. It, it's it's all part of the economy that we take for granted, right? And you were talking about money and heart and how do we get those to the same place and you know there's a, there's an old um i don't know who said it the first time but it's there's a great saying about uh the economy which is capitalism is the greatest uh financial system ever created and the worst moral system ever created 100 percent, could not agree more right i agree it's to me it's so poignant right it's capitalism has created so many opportunities done so many things but when people are making choices of the heart and to other people and and all you're thinking about is the profit motive, you're going to make terrible decisions it, it, by the nature of it, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were a publicly traded company, if your company right. was publicly traded and you didn't not just stay great, you could have a great year. Everyone's right. like, congratulations. What's coming next? You're like, right. another great year. You're like, is it a dollar more? Is it a million dollars right. more? Adam, what's your next... And there's, and there's no identity of murder. And I mean yep. murder as cultural murder, as, as, as profiteering murder of who, who, what small business do I have to kill to make sure, Amazon, that, uh, that I keep skyrocketing <laughs> up? Right. Right? right. Uh, JCPenney tried that. I mean, the founder of JCPenney was a Christian man who was giving 90% of his money to churches. And only yep. 10%, right? I mean, and, and he's like, this is great. Look at how great we're doing. Well, then the world shifted. Right. And he was right. like, wait, I have to not only just give money, but I have to show profits and give money. And then the old cooter dies. And the family is that the family's the worst kind of Christian, right? They are the, mm -hmm. I'm a capitalist Christian, but I'm shitty at both. <laughs> right. Where Joel right. Olstein is a capitalist Christian and he's good at both. He's uh, a shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> He's a horrible human being, but he's right. really good at capitalism. Right, right. He's a great businessman who uses the church as his, um, well, his, his marketing story. Can I ask you right? a question, that, that's please? His, yeah. Because I, I struggle with this, and I, I think I know your please. answer. But um, as you know, I mean, from my background, yep. I, I've been raised in religion and other things uh, a lot of my life. Um, yep. I love pastors. I love talking to them. I love the idea of religion. Um, COVID-19 happened. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to my friend who's a pastor here in town. I reached out to my friend who is a New York Times bestselling author who is also a pastor and, and a couple others. And I said, I, I can't go to church anymore. And their responses are, do you not believe in Jesus? And I'm like, it's not that. I can't go to church anymore. They're like, right. why? And I said... And I don't mean to demean 
COVID in any way. I, I say it's a little bit of hyperbole, but I, I, I said it to them this way, and I want to be honest in the words that I said to them. At the same time, I do not want to disrespect uh, the uh, the work that your girlfriend does or anyone else right. does or anyone who's lost a life. Right. But I said, you will send Bibles and people to countries where if they're found with them, they will die. And you're okay with it. In fact, the martyrdom system is, is an amazing one for you if you send them off to a third world country mm -hmm. and it works well for you, right? I can't believe they're killing these people who love Jesus. Right. The flu comes and people say, you should shut your doors. You're like, yep, closed them already. We're good. We're moving it online. Yeah. So how can I support you when you only support death outside of your local community? The, you know, look, I, I've never been a really religious person. I grew up in a Jewish household, so, you know, uh, I, I definitely had that around me, and I turned away from it a, a while back. Mm -hmm. I, I have never felt that there's anything but hypocrisy in religion, and I don't mean that to put it down. I don't mean that to say that it isn't good for some people. When it comes down to it, it's very hard to live in our world today and follow rules and ideas from 2000 years ago and not get caught up in some kind of hypocrisy. Sure. And so sure. I, I'm, I don't trust anything that can't evolve and, and change with the times. I, I've said many times, I wish we were better at modifying the constitution. I wish we had a better system for it. it There's so many things that we should be looking at and going, does that actually still apply? Should we modify that a little bit? That would be great, right? Freedom of press didn't account for being able to press a button and get to 12 billion people, not 12 billion, let's say, let's say a billion people. Um, it, it didn't know that was a thing. Uh, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have it. It means we should be talking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, so when it comes to religion and it looking at things that um, are so different in this world and the rules and the, the theories behind it should apply differently. And, and you know, you use the one, we, have, we had a church here in Hawaii that did the whole thing of um, don't worry about COVID. It's all just a government thing. We should still, they can't tell us not to gather. So they gathered and of a, a, like a 25 person congregation, 17 are in the ER. I, I had one of our biggest day increases because all those people got sick. And in a world where you're supposed to, uh, you know, care about your fellow man and do all these things, what was the idea behind, okay, well, don't worry about it. We'll get together and pray anyway, versus, no, no, we should be looking at the current situation and making smart decisions based on that, following the ideals of our faith. But instead they said, no, screw the current situation. Let's just do it anyway, because our faith says this. But I, but I would say this, I would say this, that church at least followed its own advice, because I'm sure it had missionaries that went to third world countries where people yeah. died having a Bible. True. And they're like, you know what, pa pastors and people die of cancer, diabetes, and every other disease all day long, whether they believe in Jesus or not. So if we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die celebrating. Yeah. I, have, I have more of a disconnect with the privilege of going, well, more money comes out of an American church than any other place. Right. We don't want to lose our tax-exempt status. Right. Right? So we're going to keep the money, we're going to keep yeah. the status, and we're not going to meet. Because it's economically right. smart, it's socially smart for Fair. here, yeah. and it's socially smart for the checkbooks that we want to get into later. 
And I would say that fundamentally speaking, as religion goes, right? Fundamentally. Yeah. Though the outcome was poor. Yeah. At least the church in Hawaii had the balls to be like, you know what? I'm gonna eat my own dog food. If we die, we die. Now, now I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's fair, right? On the stress they put on the community, on what they put on the ER or anything else. I mean, that lacks foresight, but also lacking foresight is you're still doing the same dumb shit you did 2000 years ago, which is going to Afghanistan with a Bible. And, um, and if you die, I'm just going to send someone else in behind with the Bible and, and, you know, it's like, if you, you didn't evolve that. I see what you're saying is that yeah. that people getting together, like I'm, I'm all for them not getting together. I don't think they yeah. should all that stuff, but at least when you're saying, uh, when you go overseas, you're putting yourself in danger, mm-hmm. but when you're here, you shouldn't. Yeah. Yep. That's what yeah. I'm saying. No, that's, that's, that's a fair point. It's, it's, um, it's arrogant. I wish they wouldn't do either. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree with you on that. Right. I mean, listen, yeah. if this word is so transformative and it's so yep. amazing, and it's so gripping and it's so telling. Okay, great. Then why does martyrdom have to exist on something so amazing? Right. Because right. isn't martyrdom the point of you can't see what I'm doing? So because you can't fully comprehend it, I'm going to die for it to show you the value of it. That is, that, yeah. that is martyrdom. Is my yeah. understanding. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I do, you know, I was having a discussion with one of my friends who's very religious and we always get into these discussions. We'll go to the beach. We'll, uh, we'll crack open a couple of beers. And we just get into discussions that are terrible ideas to discuss. No, but that's the best. <laughs> it's, that is, I mean, because, because guess what? You said it perfectly. I have a friend. Yep. So that that's, that's the best, that's the best starting right. point, right? Is you're still friends. You can oh. disagree and be friends. He is literally my best friend and we have different religious opinions and different political opinions. And we get into it every time. And at the end of it, we're still friends. Best thing in the world. Hey folks, seriously, at uh, 96 minutes into this, if you're not taking notes on that point right there, you fucking missed out. You've missed out. The the whole part of everything going on on planet earth right now. Yep. And then don't tell your story, but seriously, tell your story. But, let that marinate in people who are listening. Different political, different religion, best friends, and can talk. Fucking amazing. It, it, it turns out that his opinion on, we, we realize that we both want what's best for the country and the world and all that stuff. We just have different ways of looking at it. And sometimes sure. it's really hard to understand the other person. Um, but it doesn't make him a bad guy. It doesn't make me a bad guy. Um, you know, the religious one, one of our debates, which was great, was he was talking about how, and he's a doctor. He said, I, I, yeah, I don't know how you could look at the human body and its complications and its ability to heal and the organs and why is that there? Oh, it does that. And not think there's got to be intelligent design. My answer was actually, to me, that's proof that there isn't. Because if, well, not that there's not intelligent, but that there's not a God who created it. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, because if there's this magical creature up above who creates it, we should literally be a walking lump of clay. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't. And also, <laughs> teeth. Hey, God, right. I, got, I, got a couple, I got a couple pointers for you. One, you gave me chompers that I lost at five, and I got to keep right. the rest for another 90 years. Not a good design. <laughs> got a problem. Right. I got a problem with chompers. Um, I, have a, I have a problem with 
the fact that you created something so complex that it took hundreds of thousands of years for scientists to start to look at it and try to figure out what was going on inside. We still don't know about yep. gut biome. I mean, theoretically, hey, right? How, about, how, how come we have two kidneys where we can even give up one? Yeah. They say, well, you know, you, you use both, but it's a backup. I said, well, why don't we have two hearts? Yeah. Four lungs. <laughs> what, what, what's the theory behind this? <laughs> where's my extra, where's, where's my extra nerve that runs down my spinal cord in case one gets severed right. so that there's I can no still walk? Then. But your kidneys, there's two of them. That makes no sense. Yeah. How come there's an appendix that can go bad? But if it's gone, it's fine. Yeah. Gallbladder. So right. <laughs> so these conversations, but these conversations are fascinating to me. We, you know, he also asked me, he says, Adam, you're a guy who loves the outdoors, right? You love going on hikes. You love paddle boarding. You love surfing. You love going out camping. You love all this stuff. How can you not be out there and think to yourself, this is so, and especially where I live, right? In Hawaii. I mean, you look out, you're, you're out on a surfboard. You're looking out these beautiful, ridged, green, amazing places. And how can you not look and say, something created this? I said, well, no, it's not that I, I'm not amazed by it. I just am more amazed by it than giving it such a simple explanation. I don't think somebody can just wave a magic wand and do that. But I don't have an answer for it. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly comfortable. It's like, so you don't need to know. I'm like, no, I do. That's why I'm looking forward to science figuring it out. But just being handed an answer about this beauty seems too easy, too yeah. simple. I mean, I, I, uh, I talked to some friends. We went to the school, so we're you know we're in flow right now. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going to happen with school, but there's this private school that we could take our daughter to, and they're like, we are starting um, like middle of August. Here we go. Science delivered. I'm yours. We're doing it. Mm -hmm. And this guy's like, oh, and we teach, you know, Bible here. And I'm like, that's fine. I mean, I went to Bible college. Sure. It's not, it's not a bad thing to learn the Bible. Yeah. Uh, there are some things in there I, you know, probably should cut out, you know, forward thinking. Yeah. I go, what, what uh, version do you teach? She's like, King James. And I laughed. You know, my wife's just grabbing my hand like, you motherfucker. Right. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and the guy just was like, oh, you know, anyway, so. But she's like, why'd you giggle at that? Why'd you kind of like <laughs> King James? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. She's like, why? I go, do you know how the King James was created? She goes, nope. <laughs> I was like, so there's this arrogant king yep. who wanted everyone to be able to read the Bible. So he took this complicated Bible that had already been rewritten over a hundred times. Right. And he dumbed it down for everyone to read it. And it seems nice, but yep. you miss some nuance. You miss culture. There's all these things you miss because a king wrote it. Right. And also just the juxtaposed, just the why in the road where God right. says, there was to be no one before me. And everyone's like, I agree. Have you met King James? He wrote your book right. for you. <laughs> I mean, there's right. it, 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 the, the contradiction, the hypocrisy of, of having the King James Bible right. teaching you about the king. What the Bible is, right. <laughs> Right. Jesus didn't love that idea. No, not at all. <laughs> and I was, I was left to like, even, in, even in Judaism, right? Like we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't uh, only point at one. Judaism loves the 10 commandments and loves talking about itself as a monotheistic religion, right? It was the first Abraham created the first monotheistic, monotheistic religion. But then when you read the 10 commandments, the first one is you shall have no God before me inferring that there are multiple gods. 
Yeah. So you're acknowledging most most Bible students will say, yeah, no, no. At the time, there were a lot of different deities and things like that, and this was the, essentially the, the the God of Abraham was one of the gods, but it became a mono. So you've got so much hypocrisy from day one. I was talking to uh, this same friend about the Ten Commandments, and he said, well, you know, you've got to admit, it's a great system for morals, right? It's a great way to start your morals off. I said, well, actually, it's not. What it is, is it's a great system of morals for a, a group of nomadic people 4,000 years ago, and the rules that would be most important to them. Like, if you ask me, I think, don't covet thy neighbor's stuff these days, I would love to replace that with, don't do bad stuff to kids. Yeah. That, that one's way more important to me. Than I would don't even covet. go more aggressive. Don't fuck kids. <laughs> right. Right. But don't covet thy neighbor's stuff. Guess what? When you're a bunch of Bedouins living in tents, you don't want people liking your stuff because you're in a tent. There's no security system. There's yeah. no locks on the doors. And you got to go so tend the sheep important. and do the other bullshit. <laughs> that was a big one. So there's just so much that it's been restructured, rewritten, taken out of context that at this point, is it a nice thing to believe in? Do I, I have nothing against people who are religious. I think that's good for them. I just, it, it drives me crazy when it's considered to be so firmly entrenched in truth when the search for truth is so much more fun. The search for truth is fun. And I would argue if you look at the great prophets and I will just call them great prophets in general, sure. right? Sure. Muhammad, Jesus, Pull your great prophet out. Yep. All they did was search. All they did was lay groundwork for how you searched. In fact, yep. you, one could argue that all they did was lay the groundwork for how you should, should search things out. Mm -hmm. And all we've done is taking that groundwork and put fences around it and created right. rules and regulations. Right. And we've broken it to the point where the idea of, oh, this is a religion. It's amazing. We should it's broken from that to these are the rules. And if you don't follow it, you don't find it amazing. You're going to burn in hell. And it's like, well, what's hell right. to you? What's hell to me? What's it? And it, it's this, it's this unwinding ball of twine. Right. That if you just took a step back and looked one, I believe whatever God you believe in is looking down and going, I can't believe these fuckers are on my side. This is yep. embarrassing. A B it was never a fucking ball of twine. I don't know why you made it this knotted ball of twine system. It's pretty simple because every right. religion kind of comes down to the basic things, which is love your neighbor as you like, be kind to your neighbor, right? Just love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Don't steal shit. Don't fuck some other guy's wife or kids or whatever. Oh, and, and by the way, can you just treat the earth good? Like the 10 commandments really could become the three commandments real quick. I would, I would be okay with one commandment. I would be okay with one. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have done to yourself. And that goes for the planet too. It's, it's yeah. just, it's so simple. Don't steal stuff. No, you wouldn't want stuff stolen from you. Don't steal stuff. Yeah. You wouldn't want somebody to murder you. Don't murder anybody. It can all come down to that. It, and, it, um, I'm yeah. sorry. It, it just amazes me that, one, there's, there's a, there's a con this is a controversial topic. Yeah, it amazes totally. me that this is controversy of just trying to love someone and, and be around someone and, and uh, be kind. It's, it's amazing. Right. Uh, it also amazes me that, that in this world that we live in, and I'll bring it back to, to how this started, is 
there's a we've turned into this yes or no black or white right or wrong cancel culture and the i would believe and i would hope and i would trust the majority of us uh are where you're at Mm -hmm. okay so i'm i'll put you in a bucket and i know i'm speaking for you i apologize but Please, I'm agnostic. No, I don't. I don't believe in this. You've got a friend who's like, I really believe it. She's like, great. Let's go to the beach and talk about it. Right. Why? Not because you're going to be there to change each other's minds, but as you are there to, as you as you are growing, as your mind is unfolding, as as yep. as life is unfolding, as emotions, as changes, everything is unfolding and happening. You share insights and information. And what I don't think people put weight on enough is that we can disagree and share information and it makes both of us better. That's exactly right. It's, you know, it's the culture that we're in right now. You watch the news station that matches your beliefs, right? You follow the pages that match your beliefs. You don't look for the ones that are gonna disagree with you. And that's so dangerous because honestly, one of my favorite things to think during one of these conversations with whether it's conservative friends, whether it's religious friends, whether it's friends that believe that living in the country is better than living in the city. I mean, people who disagree with me in something is to walk away from it thinking, that's a great point. I really should think more about that or I need to look that up, right? And that happens. I'm not always right. I had a conversation with one of them recently where some we were talking about millionaires and I, I said, you know what? I would bet that most millionaires out there are not self-made millionaires. They're probably, they inherit the money. My friend said, no, I don't think that's right. You should look that up. I looked it up. I was totally wrong. That changes my perspective. Doesn't make me a bad person for thinking the other way. I just, I, I made that assumption. Yeah. And I thought I was wrong and I, I looked it up and it turns out I'm wrong. Wow, that's pretty interesting. That might change some other things I think about. And also, but more, more importantly, and I think politically and economically and, every, and, and COVID-wise and every other pandemic yep. moving forward, no one wants to embrace when they're wrong. Right. No right. one wants to be like, hey, man, we fucked up. I'm so sorry. Right. We made a mistake. Instead, they just march forward. And then what we do is we pick and choose who we're going to hold accountable right. saying something that was wrong. And this wraps up into another thing I want to talk with you about, which is, is politics, is I'm not a Trump supporter by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. However, however, yeah. His new head of media PR woman, the young blonde lady who runs Kylie, Kaylee something. Kaylee, murder row. She is, she is taking and abusing. I will say abusing because I do Mm -hmm. mean that. Our intellect and thought process of it's okay to be wrong, yeah, and turning it slightly to where that someone will be like, hey, Trump said this and he's changed his mind. And she goes, well, you're the Washington Post. Have you done, and she reads down this list and like, I, you shouldn't be prepared for this. I'm like, first of all, don't get, twi- don't get it twisted, champ. I'm yeah. sorry you had a bad press person before, Miss Huckabee, who yeah. just wasn't prepared and like a little more of a deer in headlights and was overwhelmed by, I think, the presence of press and being on camera and everything else. Yeah. And this young woman, comes in and literally starts the press conference with a question to gear everyone towards 
the answers she wants. She's a master yep. manipulator, but she manipulates on the points where we are trying to engage yep. and be closer and better as, 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 as agreeing and disagreeing counterparts and friends. She takes those points and makes them dividers. Yeah, but, I mean, but she makes them dividers because guess what? There's not enough people like you and I sitting down talking and agreeing and disagreeing and making ourselves better and admitting where we're wrong. Yeah, and you know, I agree with you. And, and I honestly don't know enough about her to say what I've seen. She seems fine. Um, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before she does something to make Trump mad and he throws her under the bus as really terrible person. Um, <laughs> Good. Because that's what he does with everybody he yeah. hires. Um, I'm sure she will admit that he said something that wasn't true and he'll say, how could she say that? Um, but uh, I, I can respect anybody that's good at their job, right? And sure. if she's good at her job, more power to her. I think she is good at her job supporting somebody who is a horrible human being. And I've often said my, my problem with Donald Trump is as much, I grew up on the East Coast right? I don't know if everybody outside of the East Coast has known Donald Trump as long as we have. I oh, think you mean, you mean the guy who stole from small businesses? Yes, that guy. And never paid them. And he yeah. just and basically built an empire off of, off of the sweat labor of business, right. of and people he put out of business, that guy? One of, the things I, I, one of the things I hate is when people say, look, you got to admit, you may not like him, but he's a great businessman. No, he's a terrible businessman. He has never built a business in his life. Um, and when people say, we say, oh, he's declared bankruptcy six times. Well, yeah, he knows how to use the system. When you declare bankruptcy, it is in a case of emergency break glass system that our government put in place to say, if you built a business and it went badly, we will work with those people you owe money to, to get everybody square. But those businesses don't end up getting paid what they should get paid. They get, sure. you know, 10 cents on the dollar, 20 cents on the dollar. It's not a good thing to declare bankruptcy. And more than anything, it doesn't mean you're a good businessman because you do it. And so my problem with him in so many ways is the current situation is indicative of what I've known about him for so long. But I also understand that not everybody does because it's not like I think they've made a really good point of describing who he is as a person beyond the politics of it. Because the politics of it is so dividing. Mm -hmm. But I really believe if most people knew who the man is, it would, it would be less divisive to say, oh yeah, that's not good. We don't like that. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's anyway. interesting because you've got, you know, you've got Biden and I, and, mm -hmm. I, and I said this on the last podcast, I'll say it again. I think both are uh, in the beginning stages, both Biden and Trump are, the, are in the beginning stage of dementia. I mm -hmm. think Trump's is because of the way he takes care of his body that you know, he used to have that theory that he's like, well, the body's a battery and um, I won't waste on physical exertion and trying to be in great shape because it'll shorten right. my life expectancy, right? And then you have uh, Biden who's, uh, you know, I mean, listen, folks, I'm not a fan of either one. Um, Biden on the Senate floor has dropped N-bombs uh, about uh, mayors and police chiefs. He has written, uh, he's written, laws on policing that have been directly targeted towards minorities. He has been a plagiarist, which, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that as, listen, yeah. both guys, both guys are, 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 are not, 
I, I bring this up because I think, and you're in yeah. Hawaii, yeah. we can do better. And I was a big fan of Tulsi Gabbard. I really was. I didn't like yeah. everything she had to say. Yeah. I didn't. But her ideas nationally of looking at areas like Chicago and Boston and New York and Charlottesville and Atlanta saying these crimes have been happening since the 1920s in the same zip codes, the same thing. I want to, I want to pump money in there and I want to change that. Yeah. I like that. It was, I didn't agree with everything she had to say, I, but, I, I, but I liked her. I liked her. I liked her flair. I liked the idea of like, right. I want to do something and Biden and Trump, neither one of them yeah. want to do anything except for say, I don't like what he does. And they're both dementia patients. So I'll say this. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you in this. I, okay, think, it's a false yeah. I, I think it's a false equivalency. Okay. Um, so actually, let me go back a step. Let me start yes. by agreeing with you on something, which is I think we don't want to become an ageist society where we say, here's a maximum age for being president. Yep. But I'm kind of starting to feel like we might start thinking about that. <laughs> we, have a, we, we have a minimum age, right? Why is it not ageist to say you, can, you can't be under 45? Because that's in that's the Constitution, right. you can't be under 45. Why can we say you have to be this old, but we can't say that's too old? At the same time, I love experience. I love people who know things, who have seen things. I, I agree with you that I think both of them are uh, getting there. Um, I would have loved to see one of the young people on stage during those Democratic debates get an opportunity to put their ideas out there. I, look, I, I liked Obama. I didn't like everything he did, but I liked Obama. I think... Um, Part of that was his youth. I think he was, he was young and energetic and wanted to do things and interact with people and had that desire to meet in the middle because he was so um, fresh to the scene. Mm -hmm. I think Biden, it, it, you know, I actually oh, voted on, real for quick, Biden. On Obama, real quick yeah. on Obama. Yeah. Just as a side tangent, do you yep. think, because what I, what I, just from what I've seen, yep. Obama went with this young, fun, engaging guy four years later. I mean, get him a walker. He looked aged. Well, he is, is, no, he took a lot on. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not diminishing. I'm just saying that he took yep. responsibility. Like he really totally. went after it. And one could argue that Trump has not aged one day since being president. I, I, I well, first of all, we're so as, as, as a like of, I mean, and listen, I agree with you. Like I like the idea of Obama. I liked Obama the first four years. Yeah. I, I would argue, um, based on a lot of different things, that he failed yeah. us his last four years. And, and but, um, also, but also, I can't imagine the weight. I think, I think it's easy. Once yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's an easy thing to say because I don't know it the is. backwards and, and I really, what's going on, right? And I would disagree in this sense, which is um, Obama, regard, and, and people will probably try to argue this, but there's so much evidence to suggest that this is true. Obama came into a situation where he was basically, he was never going to get support on anything sure. from the other side. Sure. And they were going to make him out to be a pariah and the, the antichrist, no matter what he did. Mm -hmm. So whether you liked what he did or not, we didn't actually get to see what he wanted to do because all he was trying to figure out is how to get stuff done. You know, I don't think that the ACA was the, the bill that he wanted, but he wanted to do something that fit into a pattern where it's like, okay, it's a conservative design plan from, from the Mitt Romney days. Let's see if maybe I can get some partnership on this. Yep. It ended up being a, a, a plan that didn't really fit anybody's needs, which was the problem. It's a, you almost have to go one way or the other. 
nobody's come up with a better solution. Nobody wants to come up with a better solution. All they want to do is shoot it down. Um, militarily, if he was tough, he was too tough. If he was not tough enough, he was leading from behind. If he didn't wear his flag pin one day, it was a, a catastrophe. Well, it if shows he, he wasn't born in America, sir. How dare you? Right. I mean, the guy, I mean, you talk about, you talk about a, a subtle form of racism. There's nothing subtle about it. Let's see. We have our first African-American president, our first president who's not, you know, the same skin tone as us, yeah. regardless of where he's from. And automatically you've got people saying he's from Kenya. I mean, come on, if, that, if that's not racism, what is? Um, if that's not setting up the world to say, uh, not the world, but America, to say he's not one of us, what is? Oh, and so I, I I'll, he, I'll, go, I'll go one step further, which one of the most yeah. disgusting things, right? They're trying to say that, you know, actually, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I don't want to give credence to it. Right, right. I don't. Because, you know, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I don't edit this podcast. I never will. Yep. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to edit myself and not say it out <laughs> loud. Because yeah. it's so repugnant and offensive that I won't, yeah. I won't propagate yeah. it forward. Yeah, and I know the, there's a couple of those ones that I've heard, which are just so, so offensive to him and his wife and his daughters. Um, I mean, the man, you can, you can say whatever you want about him. The guy's just a good family man. He loves his wife. He loves his daughters. They're a close family. They're the model of, I think, what we all want out of a family situation in the hardest of situations. So he's a good man. And I gotta be honest, that's one of the things I want out of the presidency again. I want a good man in office. I want a man that we can look up to that the kids say, that is the best of us. But wouldn't you say we've had, we've had a gap, right? And I would argue, economics aside and not knowing, mm -hmm. and people, I should say, me knowing, people not knowing the back end economics aside, the last good man we had in office before Obama was Carter. Okay, I'm going to agree, um, but in a different way. So I think Clinton was a very flawed man, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, no question. I don't know if he was much more flawed than other men in power throughout the world and all those things, but he, what he was trying to do, his, his stated goals, his history, all those things, I, I don't think he was the terrible man that maybe he was made out to be. Um, I certainly had a huge problem with the one big thing that he was known for doing, right? I mean, I, I, by the way, I didn't vote for his successor because I had a problem with the idea that he felt it was appropriate to have a relationship with an intern, right? That's, that's abusing your power. It's the modern equivalent of a sexual harassment in, in the most specific way. Sure. That being said, there was a lot of other good stuff he did. That was kind of his big fault. George W. Bush, right? George W. Bush, I think, and, and you even see it now, um, a lot of stuff he did was really bad. And a lot of things that he did, I don't agree with. I think at his core, he's not a bad man. You I, know, agree I don't with think that. I think he's a nice I, I guy. I think he's a nice right. guy who's easily right. manipulated. He's easily manipulated. He happened to make some choices that basically broke down the fundamental structure of another part of the world because it seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think these are guys that you can still look up to and say, these are good men in a tough position who have done bad things. I think Trump is uniquely a horrible person. Would I you really say, do. would you say, cause I, 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 um, I put Trump and Nixon in the same category in this way. 
Yeah. Nixon, Nixon was not only just a, a racist and bad person. And yeah. I believe Nixon was racist and, you know, please, people, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I will, yeah. I will retort with um, sure. many a thing said, right? So I believe Nixon was a, was a bad guy and a racist out the, out the gate. Yeah. Uh, I would also say, and I, I don't mean this in a xenophobic way, but um, without any parameters, without any understanding of culture, mm-hmm. right? Nixon opened up China right. as manufacturing without understanding culture, without understanding mm-hmm. what's going on over there. And then he also started opening relationships with Russia. Mm-hmm. And once again, another communist place where you don't understand culture and people, people will push back and go, well, what do you mean by culture? And I, and I say this, I go, name me five unique individual brands things totally never discovered before in the last hundred years that China's produced. And I don't mean this is a knock on them. Sure. This is a, this is a, uh, this is a, this is a, a cultural and, and, and communism does this, right? Like communism stifles innovation and it, mm-hmm. and it, and it, it celebrates replication, right? So yeah. Russia and China, you look at them and you go, you got vodka, you got fireworks. And I don't mean yeah. that, I mean, hyperbole, obviously, I know, I know. right? But it's like, yeah. And then you, and then you have this innovator in the middle, and they're like, "We're going to pawn this off to both of you, and you guys replicate our innovation." And I would say that that's faulty. To the one, and I think it, I think it, if you love capitalism, right, it's an indifference to capitalism because you should keep that in house. A, but B. Although capitalism would suggest you need to make the most profit, so if you can get it sourced overseas by giving it to people who make no money. That's, that's the true. right capitalist that's true. move. That's true. I, I, don't know that I, I, I don't know that I would say that Nixon even created that market to China and Russia. I think opening up the conversation to communist China and having a relationship isn't a bad thing. No, I, I agree. The things I, wonder, the things I always wonder about is, you know, we're so worried about illegal immigration coming from Mexico, right? We're so worried about it. It's such a scary thing. How come we didn't work to make manufacturing more of a thing there, right? What would, have ha- what would Mexico be if it had a thriving, growing economy the way China does? Canada. I mean, they've got the resources, they've got oceanfront property to get boats in and out, they've got the people who are hard workers, they've got the land to do it. Are you trying to make how a better that... country than America, sir? How dare you? Well, right, I mean, how did, wouldn't that be the best way to stop illegal immigration is to, people don't immigrate here because they love America more than Mexico. They immigrate here because they don't have a life in Mexico and they want opportunity. And again, I'm not even making a political statement as to whether or not it's a good or bad thing. That's why they do it. Nobody goes through that difficulty and spending the money of coyotes and stuff like that because they want to go see the Washington Monument. They do it because they want a better life. If somehow you could be building the economy, the better life, the raising per capita income that's happening in China, if that was happening in Mexico, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd have people moving down there from here. Um, and, and, And I think there's, maybe that's the false pretense of fear of capitalism is that if someone succeeds around you, it's, it's, I believe that we are in a mode right now of bad management. What Absolutely. I mean by that is like, oh, my employee can do well, but as long as they do better than me, we're good. Versus a great manager that goes, if my employees around me are doing better than me, yep. I'm successful. Right. 
Right. But I, I don't want to get away from the, the Biden-Trump conversation. Yeah. Because okay. I, yeah, yeah. I, we, we kind of were there, and I think we're, we're still talking about the same thing, but it's, you know, to me, Biden, I, I voted for Biden for president uh, in the last, the last primary, whichever one was he ran in. Yep. Um, I happen to think Biden is a very good man. I do. I think he's a politician and a lifelong politician, which you're going to, when you're a lifelong politician, there are going to be votes. There's going to be things that happen over time that you're going to have on your books. When you're not a politician, you don't. I mean, we don't even know what's in Trump's tax returns. We don't know who he's giving money to, how he gets money. We don't know what he's worth. People say he's a billionaire. I don't know he's a billionaire. I have no evidence that he's a billionaire. Mm -hmm. So we know nothing about him. Biden, on the other hand, we have 40 years of him in politics. Some mistakes, some good, some bad, to judge him as a person on. I'd rather that, and I think the things that you can judge him on, he's, he's had some really tough things happen in his life. Uh, you know, as, he, as a young congressman, he lost his wife and one of his sons. As an old senator, he's lost his son, who he's very close with. He has a wonderful marriage with his wife, Jill, who, and I say that because my sister actually knows them in Delaware, because it's a very small community, has interacted with them. I think he's a good man. I think his the creepiness factor is totally a thing. I think I, I, I don't think it's him doing awful things. I think he's got that old grandpa thing of like, oh, grandpa, you can't do that anymore. That's not okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think he will put good people in place. I don't think it's ever been more important to have a good VP pick than we have in this election, because yeah. I think there's a high chance that that VP is going to end up having to take over, whether it's because four years go by and he says, I'm out because I'm just not there anymore or because something happens or because we determine that he's not fit after three are, years. Because Are we years. not in a Ronald Reagan moment right now? I think so. I, I totally agree. And I think Ronald Reagan made a, whether you agree with him or not, a very strong VP pick. I think, you know, George H.W. Bush, career military CIA, State Department, uh, had been, I think, a congressman or a senator, a very qualified guy. The only thing people would say about him was, oh, he's weak. Turned out he wasn't. Turned out he, he, he was pretty strong when it came to international diplomacy and maybe the guy more responsible for the Berlin Wall falling than Reagan was. Oh, 100%. So, you know, I, th I think there's going to be the same kind of situation. And I think Biden uh, has done some really good things. I think he's been really strong in terms of, you know, violence against women. I think he's made some mistakes in, in criminal reform. But I think that we, it's hard to judge him on that now, right? Like he was doing things because crime was out of control mm -hmm. and they probably targeted it in the wrong way. They made certain things illegal that were much more, uh, or things that were okay for white people, but for, for people who were of color, it was not okay when it, when it comes to drug laws and things like that. But I think he's a good man. And I think he's gonna get us back on track. He's well-respected internationally. We need to get back, we need a new norm. And the new norm needs to be where we respect our president for being a good person and for wanting the best thing for America, but also for the world. Because when the world is thriving, so are we. Absolutely. So my, my, my counterpoint or my, my question would be to you is for the people out there who are on the fence, mm -hmm. and let's say they're like, man, I hear bad things about Trump. I hear bad things about Biden. I, uh, yep. I've done my, you know, depending on what I Google, right, or go on DuckDuckGo or Brave or whatever it is, right? Yep. God damn it. There's a hater in every group for a hater totally. for everything. Adam, 
why why would I take Biden's mistakes and be okay with them and not be okay with Trump's mistakes? It's a great question. And the first thing I would tell And do you like how a, a man, a friend of mine, yep. who has no world in politics yep. in any way, shape, or form, looks at me and goes, great yep. question. And I'm going to take this for you, Jay. I'm going to yeah. run with it. Here we yeah, go. I, got this well, I love you. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I may be wrong. This is just my opinion. No, I'm, it's just great. Like anybody else. Courageous. So, okay. So number one is I would say for people who are on the fence, not sure, the number one thing not to do is believe social media and, and meaning especially Facebook as your source <laughs> for anything. Are you um, sure? It is, are it you is positive, so, sir? It is so bad. I mean, every day I'm on there looking at stuff and having to text friends separately like, dude, your post, I just looked it up. It's not real. You you, you got to pull it down. Come on, man. Because yeah. every, just, and I'm not going to do it publicly. I'm not going to write in your comments like this is false. Separately, hey, dude, take it down. That's not real. So number one is to everybody, like, just do, do not look at Facebook headlines and think that those are reality at all. In terms of actual policy, that's I, – I, I look at politicians because they're all going to be politicians. They're all in the pocket. This is the country we live in. It has a corruption to it that we are accepting of until we have some kind of constitutional convention to redo things like campaign reform and, and funding of things. And all. Until we get there, it's a system we have. So I look at two things. One is um, the person, and the second is the policy. And I would encourage people to really look at policy. If you can separate yourself out from which team am I on, right? I'm on, I'm on team Republican. I'm on team Democrat. Separate that out and say, really, what has happened and is it good or bad? So, for example, if you look at the Trump tax cuts, okay, mm -hmm. start there. If you're somebody who believes in lower taxes across the board, I get that that appeals to you. If, on the other hand, you're somebody who says, look at how good it was for the economy, do your research sure. because the, the trend in, in the economy has not been better than it was before those tax cuts. If you look at the actual trends, it's not better. And if you look at the deficit, which is what the whole Tea Party revolution it was, mm -hmm. you know, the thing during Obama's years of there's the Tea Party. It's, it's there because they're worried about the economy because our deficit is growing. And then some people said, is it really that or is it that we have an African-American president? I'm not even going to get into which one it was. But if you were so worried about deficits under Obama, who reduced the deficit so dramatically, why is it okay that now it's spiked up under Trump? Sure. So again, it goes back to policy. I believe in deficit cutting. We're going to have a large national debt. That's how our country works. That's what the dollar is. It's, it's a form of debt. The deficit is how much we are accumulating debt over time. I want to reduce that. That has gone, was going down under Obama. It was, it's going up under Trump without the economy having a better bump than it did during Obama. I believe Biden was part of that Obama team that had that direction. I think he will again. He talks about that. He wants to reduce the deficit. If you look at the international relations, um, we are not seen as an ally to our allies. And I think that's a problem. Now, you might say, well, we want that because America's most important. France never said we were more important. Being friends with Germany never said we were more important. It's international relationships are good for us. It's sure. a good thing. Some people say, well, but we were spending more at NATO than anybody else. You know what? When I go out with friends that I have more money than, I tend to spot the bill. It's okay. 
I have the money. We're going to be okay. So do, would I love it to be more balanced? Sure. Do I have a real problem with the fact that the richest country in the world is part of an alliance and we spend a little bit more than even we said we would to keep everybody safe and in a good, good balanced world where Europe is falling apart? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, you know, was, was the North Korea meeting a success? Well, this week he talked about the fact that he's now at a point where he thinks we might have to get into a nuclear war with us. So no, it didn't do anything. You know what it did do? It gave him the reward before he did anything concession-wise. We gave him that positive impact. The tariffs, right? We're so opposed to, to China and how do we make them hurt? Tariffs are the worst possible way to punish an international partner. And can we talk about that real quick? Because I don't, sure. people don't understand tariffs. Right. I mean, they really okay. don't. They're like, well, my avocado went <laughs> across the sea and it's seventeen nine to five, and that avocado went across the border and it's 99 cents. So I'm getting right. fucked. It's like, no, no, I don't think you understand how tariffs work, A. And B, the trickle down of tariffs actually only hurts the poorest of the poor and the middle class. That is so true. It did. That, that. Tariffs destroy middle class and poor. That's what they're there for to do so that you don't have an army to fight. I think that's a fair thing to say right. economically, if I'm not wrong. You, no, you're totally right. And I think what you're, that, that point that you're making is so important that people understand. China does not pay for tariffs. No. They, there is no Chinese government paying tariffs. There's no tariffs. billionaire who's like, I can't believe, oh, let me write the check <laughs> right. for these fucking Americans for these it tariffs. Is, and, and I will give the best example. So the tariffs impacted the pet industry. And for those of you listening, my main job is in the pet industry. Um, the, the, the tariffs impacted pet supplies. So here's what happens. Uh, we are working, the companies that I work with, the vendors that buy stuff, or that, that's, they manufacture stuff in China, some of them. The stuff comes over, and it is what's called a first price. A first price is the price that that factory is going to charge me for the product. Nothing about that changes. If I'm paying a dollar for this fishnet, whether you impose a tariff, a bigger tariff or not, that dollar stays the same. The only thing that's going to change the cost of that net is when the factory that's making it has cost impacts, whether it be the cost of materials, the cost of labor, whatever it might be. Those will impact cost. Other than that, that dollar net is that dollar net. I then have the cost of taking it to the port and getting it to the United States. So that involves transportation costs, inland freight, and then getting it on a boat. What's the, what's the container cost? All that stuff. Sure. Then it gets into the U.S. Here's where it starts happening. So now you've got customs fees, which is the cost that we pay to actually bring stuff into the U.S., and you've got tariffs. Every country has duties and tariffs that are related to products that come into the U.S. or from the U.S. that go somewhere else. Um, when that happens, that gets added onto that cost. That dollar fishnet that now we're adding on, uh, let's say, a dollar in freight and cost is now $2. Mm -hmm. And then we add in the tariffs and it goes to, let's say, let's just say there's 20% tariffs or 30% tariffs, whatever it might be. Uh, if it's 20% tariffs, that $2 net that I'm, or that $1 net that I'm paying for, I'm adding on a dollar for freight, but that dollar first cost, 20% of that. So now I'm adding on another uh, 20 cents. Done. So now my cost is actually going to be 220 cost of the product plus the duties and the freight and the, the duties and the tariffs and the freight. 
We then take that and however it gets sold to you, the customer, it gets marked up X amount so that the company makes profit. Yep. That markup doesn't change regardless of the tariffs. So if all of a sudden we decide anything coming into the US that's a pet supply is not gonna be 20% tariffs, it's gonna be 50% tariffs. That doesn't hurt anybody on the other side of the ocean. It does nothing. The factory doesn't pay more. The, uh, the, the government doesn't pay more. The vendor that's based in the US, theoretically, could be a Chinese vendor too, but whoever is selling it to you is getting that 50 cent tariff. So now, so now instead of, or 50% tariff. So now instead of 20 cents additional, it's 50 cents. We then mark it up the same amount and you pay the tariff. You're paying the markup. So when there's increased tariffs, it is the worst way to punish another country because the people who are paying more are you, the public. Is, it, is, the, is the theory that an American company or Canadian or someone who would pay less tariffs would make the same product and be like, oh, I can't believe all these people want this thing uh, for pets. Mm -hmm. Mexico, Canada, make it and we'll lower your tariffs. It'll come into the U.S. and be cheaper. Is, is that the theory behind the, the, it? Without, the theory, with, without the idea of the fact that even public companies don't share their private numbers. Right. So Canada or Mexico or anyone else would never know how fucked the consumer is. That's part of it. Part of it is that it's really not invisible other than the fact that there's this blanket, you know, uh, the, the initial Trump tariffs were 10%, then they went up to 25%. Yeah. Um, so we know the tariff impacts, but they don't know the cost of the product and why costs are going up. I think the idea behind it, if you took the most pure thought behind it. Why do we want it? I think there's two reasons. One is if you increase the costs of product coming into the U.S. from overseas or from other countries, potentially people will make it in the USA, right? So that's one very pure way of looking at it. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Sure. The problem is the costs are still dramatically higher. Mm -hmm. So in a perfect world, absolutely. By the way, I love working with made in USA companies. I think it's great to support all those things. Problem is that $2 net, that $1 net, it's not $1.50 in the US, it's $3.20. So you, the public, when you look at the store and you go to a retailer and you say, man, why is this hair clip for my daughter 99 cents and this one is 4.99, I'm gonna buy the 99 cent one. Well, one thing you might wanna do is turn it around and see where it was made, because that's probably part of it. Um, and people, you know, you wanna slow down the economy, you get rid of all those 99 cent things, those companies are still driving American business. They're driving the retailers. They're driving the employees who work at the retailers. On a macroeconomic basis, those inexpensive products are still doing good things for the economy, even if they're not made here. But I think one pure thought is, if you increase the tariffs for coming in here, maybe people will make in the USA more. That's a good idea. It doesn't really work that way. Sure. The second reason is, and this is the more dangerous part, is that if we increase tariffs coming here, and that increases prices, that could slow down sales here of imported products, meaning that all the taxes and stuff that those factories pay to their government in China slow down. Mm -hmm. But the problem is they can do the exact same thing. And that's what happened is that when we did all those increased tariffs, then China increased the tariffs on things like soy products, which they don't make and agricultural products and avocados. And it hurt our farm communities a lot. You hurt our farm communities. You have all those other trickle down problems 
And at the end of the day, we ended up giving the farm community $12 billion to support them, to help them through these tough times. So did we really do any good? And isn't that really more socialism than anything else? You're saying we're gonna impact international trade based on government actions, but in order to help the people who are affected by it through, we're gonna come up with a new government subsidy to help them through the, the impact of what we just did. So. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it is, um, it's a company built on religion, right? And I mean, a company, it's a country, yeah. and by a country, it's a company. And I, and I don't mix those two words without understanding. It's, I mix those words because it's, it's very true, right? So you have, you have a company of a country and we want to run, which is why Donald Trump got elected. I have a great businessman. He's going to run it yep. like a, like a, like a company. Well, we're a country and actually there's a lot of moving parts in a country that a company does not account for. Mm -hmm. and we, you and I both worked for big companies and small companies, right? So we understand the, uh, we've seen the nuances of missing parts that either get yep. paid, that right. maybe shouldn't get paid, and other missing parts that should get paid more that don't get paid more. Like why is turnover and why is help and why is this? And right. we understand all those things, but we don't, we, don't, we don't want to take our logic to it because then it breaks the mold. Right. And breaking the mold really is looking at this going, I don't want to do what I don't want to do away with tariffs because we pay taxes. So if we pay taxes, right? So everyone's got a pain point. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea of tariffs. Like here's your pain point, China. Gotcha. Right. right? Yep. But it's not a gotcha moment. In fact, to your point about farmers, and I'll go a step back before farmers, look at the people who work at Walmart. Right. They have apartments around you. They rent apartments. They uh, send their kids to school. They, want they buy Christmas presents. They buy, they buy gasoline. They buy it's a macroeconomic situation. And so do you want to fuck Walmart? And everyone's right. like, yeah, man, fuck Walmart. And I'm like, listen, right. I would love instead of a Walmart to have 20 general stores in my area I could drive around and talk to and negotiate prices and all that. And I have a private equity firm above them yep. that buys all of their stuff and negotiates those prices for them. So I don't have to worry about that. That's an idealistic world. Sure. It doesn't exist. So instead now you have to weigh yourself out and go, okay, I'm going to shop local. Great. But yep. I want this thing, but it's at Walmart. Well, fuck, man, I can't go to Walmart. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to understand the world we live in yeah. now as a spender makes you a multi-spender. And the multi-spender then is dangerous because of the fact that if you spend too much, like for me, I have a little pool in my backyard. Yeah. Only goes about four and a half feet deep. It's like a yeah. giant jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. If I spend too much on pool supplies from Walmart and not Leslie's pools, yep. right? One, I hurt Leslie's pools and I got, now, if you really want to think about it, right? How much am I impacting Leslie's pools? Yeah. With their markups and everything else, they have to do individual things. And then how much am I helping Walmart? And then how much is Walmart trickling down to their employees? And then how many Leslie's employees are losing jobs? Mm -hmm. That math alone will break 90% of Americans. It, it's and it, true. And, it, and in breaking them, it should show, back to what I was talking about earlier, the heart and the economy 
are not in line. And I, I'm not the magician that knows how to bring them in line, but I will say that in that break, in that juxtaposed, in that thing when you think about supply chain and trucks and roads yeah. and all the yeah. taxes and, and the gasoline and, and you, 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 you've created, we, we have, and not we as you and I, but we as, as, a, as a culture, as a society that's hundreds of years old, we've created an intricated locking system that ensures two things, in my humble opinion, which is why I want change. One, the heart cannot succeed and the economy cannot succeed. And I think that is a broken thing that, that, you know, as much as I rail in the church, if you go back to the 1950s, look at every major hospital and there's a church behind it. Why? Because people who went to church and tithed made sure that anyone who went through those doors got a surgery, got an aspirin, got what they wanted. I don't like the kid fuckers. I don't like the manipulation. I don't like the things that they do but I loved that part. I loved it, that the respect of the fellow man and making sure that they were healthy. I love that. Yeah. And that's been broken. Number two, what has been broken is that in all of this is that now you're making me choose. Now I'm in a point where I'm like, do I support my local grocer or do I go to my grocery store? And if I yeah. don't go to my local grocer, then how many times now I've got to do math. How many times can I go to my local grocer? Yeah. Make sure that they stay open because I think they're important and I like some of their products and I never want them to go away. But also right. I like to go to my big Walmart and grab some shit real quick. Right. See, I think in, I know what you're saying and I agree. I think people, I think Americans and, and this even goes circles back to the whole mask thing in some ways, people want to believe that, that we are this country that will do what's necessary to protect our freedom and succeed and do all those things. As long as it doesn't put us out at all. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, somebody, actually, this, I had a conversation with my dad once. And he said, you know, Adam, you have this business where you represent these companies and you work with these companies and you help these companies. Wouldn't it be great if you could just say, I only work with made in the USA companies? I said, dad, that would be great. I, I actually started doing that originally. He said, yeah. I said, the only problem is those, those companies aren't the only ones thriving. And if I'm going to grow my business, I need to work with lots of companies. He said, yeah, but you know, made in the USA is so important. I said, I agree. But let me ask you this, Dad. When you went to the grocery store or when, we, when you went to Walmart or you went to Target or wherever you went and you saw three different versions of something on the shelf, did you turn it around to look where it was made? Said, no. I said, okay, how about this? Did you notice if any of them had a Made in USA logo in the corner? Because that's what everybody says, put a Made in USA logo. Yep. I'm not really sure. I said, right, so you want me to only focus on Made in USA products when you as the consumer couldn't care less. I said, well, you make a good point. Like, so until Americans say, this is more important to me than price or convenience or anything else, because eventually what that would do is turn it into more convenient and better price. Now, if everybody got on board with that, but for a while, it's not going to be cheaper and it's not going to be more convenient, but we're not willing to do that. Um, if we said we're only going to buy products with organic ingredients, you know what? All that canned pesticide crap and everything that goes on crops would eventually stop happening. 
and things are getting better on that side. But guess what? We are still buying the crap out of some really bad. Oh, hey, Monsanto still exists. So, right. so we're not doing our job. So this is what I'm saying. Like we haven't the free but market. Also, but also then what happens if Monsanto goes under? How many people right. lose their jobs? What happens? The free market is driven by consumer decisions. Sure. We have told the free market what we want. And if you believe in capitalism, you got to believe in the, the relatively free market. If you want the other, you know, some people would say, well, then you know what we need to make sure of is that we shouldn't let any of those Chinese products come in. So you want more regulation. No, no, no. We don't want more regulation. We don't want to limit companies. Well, if you tell them they can't do certain things, that is the definition of regulation. Yep. So it, it would be painful to get to the point that we want to be at. Now, the question is, what can we do instead? If we want to punish China or we want to punish some of those things, there are other options. It just takes a critical thinking leader and, and, and economic advisors to get there. So, for example, what would I do? You know, and again, I'm not right on everything, so I'm sure many of your listeners will probably be like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm ready for the emails. Bring them. Oh, yeah, I know. You got, you got to let me know what comes in. I can't wait to hear. Um, let's just say instead of tariffs, tariffs is very easy to go tit for tat, right? Tariff, that's why nobody likes it because they talk about trade wars and stuff. It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, well, your biggest imported products are this and we're going to raise the tariffs. Oh, yeah, well, yours are this and we're going to raise the tariffs. Hey, wait, we didn't think you were going to. Okay, well, then we're going to do this. Oh, well, the, it's, it's a pointless effort. Um, instead, what if you gave tax benefits to retailers that increase their number of products that are made in the USA by X percent. Let's give them an incentive. Don't do the stick with the other country, give a carrot to our country. So you know what Walmart, you're gonna report what percentage of your products are currently made in the USA. Ooh, okay. And then, and then hold on real quick, let me add this in, real quick. Then yep. that impacts stock, because I'm buying yep. Walmart stock and I'm like, wait, you went from 10% made in the USA to 30%, and your profits went up. Right, because oh. you're taxed, because you're getting a tax break because you went from 10 to 30%. Yeah. By the way, what is that? That also drives jobs here because you're getting more made in USA product. You're increasing the value of the vendors that are selling to Walmart. That is a functional macroeconomic view of how can we increase things here and potentially decrease things over there. You could also include other countries. What if you said with... I don't want to call it NAFTA because I know it's the new name, the USMCA, I think. Um, what if you said okay. countries involved in that, Mexico and Canada, you're involved in that same plan. So for companies in our, in our country, Walmart, Petco, whoever it is, if you increase products, your assortment from countries in the USMCA, you will also get that tax break. These are all things you could negotiate into good deals. I mean... What I'm hearing from you, Adam, and I love hearing this, is that you and The Rock, next presidential cycle, are on the ticket together. Like <laughs> you and you're the vice president, and The Rock is the president, and then you, know, you, you know two are just tearing shit up and having a good time. I'll, I'll tell you what, I am totally down for it. I just need everybody's <laughs> commitment to not dig into my skeletons too deep. Because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to pass the vetting process. Well, no, that's the best part, though, is that you know, we had that George Bush who was like, I smelled near cocaine and it smelled right. And he was like, motherfucker, we've all done cocaine. You don't kind of sniff it. You just do the whole yeah. line and it's called. I'm not, by the way, I'm not confirming nor denying that right now. No, and you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. And it's also weird of our appropriation on drugs and how we see drugs. And no, it's ridiculous. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. 
the moral high ground will hold you to get to office. And then once you get to office, you're like, I mean, he's there and I didn't know. And like, no, no, we have, I mean, the religious right, when they look at Trump, here's the best yeah. part. Here's the best part. They put a guy in who was supposed to vote against Roe v. Wade. And was it right. yesterday or today? Yeah. yeah. He was like, today. he's like, mm, yep. you know what? My moral compass is, and also judicially is telling me we're keeping yep. Roe versus Wade. And in fact, I'm turning over these dumb state rules that are yeah. putting people in jeopardy. Yeah. And it, it, went, it went from Christians six months ago typing in who don't like Trump. Yeah. Uh, I hope the, uh, the Supreme Court justices were worth it to, I can't real. believe, I can't oh, believe God, this motherfucker voted yep. for this and I'm back and on that, Trump again. And it's just like, that, he's losing support as much for that reason as all the other stuff, as much for the COVID problems, as much for not worrying about Russia paying people to kill our soldiers. I think as much as those, the fact that his Supreme Court picks are not necessarily falling in line is just as much. But I, but but I, I love I, that they're not falling in line because that means they're listeners. That actually mm -hmm. means that what they got picked for the job for, they're good they judges. Actually, they're good judges. They're good judges. I, it's, we I, got way, lucky. I, now, some of them, are, I, I got to say, some of the ones he picked are pretty terrible judges. They're still no, on the side are. of wrong. Um, look, first, I, I think, you know, if you want to know the, 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 uh, the, the platform for uh, Dwayne Johnson, Adam Ertel, 2024. <laughs> I love it. My, yeah. my, my, list is pretty, my list is pretty easy. Uh, number one, uh, we're going to, well, I shouldn't, this is not in order. Uh, number one, we got to get the economy back on track by not doing stupid stuff, kind of like this tariff conversation we're having. Sure. Legalize, legalize marijuana. It's ridiculous that it's um, Can we talk about, we've paid out $3 trillion. I know where legalize $1 trillion is, I know where $1 trillion is in mortgages. I yep. know that a trillion and a half is in marijuana in all 50 yep. states. Legalized prostitution. And everything else. Yep. Le legalized prostitution. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Yep. Yep. You're going to legalize prostitution, and now Correct. I got I to I jump into that and go what? Okay. What do you want to know? Well, <laughs> I understand that it's okay if a woman touches my back with hot oils and makes me feel good. Yep. But if she touches my butthole and makes me feel good, it's against the law. And that's America, right. sir. So right. you tell me. So my opinion is this. I, 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 have, I have three problems with the <laughs> and, and for those that don't understand, a lot of sarcasm <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> Very sarcastic. And by the way, I do want to say, I, I would not use legalized prostitution. It's not something I have much interest in. I never have, and I never probably would. But here's my opinion. The, the illegality of it makes no sense. It is okay. driving, much, much like the illegality of drugs, it is driving the trade to be dangerous and uh -huh. cause more problems than it needs to. Sure. I have three problems with modern prostitution. Number one, underage girls do it. Yep. Number two, transmission of diseases. And number three, that there are probably people who don't want to do it that are forced to do it because that is their only option for a variety of reasons. Can I give you a number four? Please. Online sex. That is a, 
you know, to your, to your point, like people aren't, don't want to do it. They're forced into it. Yep. In the, uh, the transmission of making, um, uh, one-on-one sex illegal, right? Yep. Now you've got cam girls and you've got all these other things, That's true. right? Yeah. Where they're yeah. like, Oh, Hey, guess yeah. what? You're still going to work. You're still yep. going to do your thing. Yep. Now we're just going to do it online and it's legal. And, right. uh, and I would say that's See, one of the grossest loopholes of all time. I agree. And you take those four things that we have problems with about the industry and you make it legal and you say, guess what? Uh, anybody who wants to be a prostitute, male or female, you have to be 21 years of age. You have to work for a reputable brothel company, which is going to include testing probably once a month or whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to be uh, you know, an approved location. These can't be underground. The fact is, if a guy wants to pay for it or a girl wants to pay for it and the other sex is open to it and you're above the age of 21, I've talked to friends who are like, yeah, but it's still, you know, it's still um, a, a bad industry. You know what? At the end of the day, is it? If you're over 21 it's, and you're making good choices and it's safe and healthy, if you've got two consenting adults, you want to talk about freedom, I say go for it. It's better for you than booze. I mean, we're right. sitting here drinking and if right. we just drank, if we had a seven-hour podcast and every 30 minutes we finished a cocktail, at yep. the end we would be dead. Yep. And that's legal. Right. So why we have this underground business that is dragging underage – again, the biggest one for me is the underage kids that are in it, that are, that are yeah, involved. Yeah, that, that makes me sick. That, that part and, and how that is not – we'd rather pretend like this illegal thing is – it's working to make it illegal. No, it's not. It, it's not working. So let's make it legal. Let's control it. Let's manage it. Amsterdam does a great job of it. Yeah. And and you're fine. Make it out. You you have it's it's you have restrictions. It's like any other zoning. There's zones where it can happen. There's zones where it can't. Within cities, not in local neighborhoods. Uh, yeah, just drive to no the country. Drive 20 miles. Go get laid. Right. Cheers. I got no problem with it. And by hey. the way, a lot of the guys for the guys who can't get laid, if this helps them be a little less tense and you know. Go for it. Do what you got to do. What's um? So drugs. What's your my legalization? Um, it stops at DMT. It doesn't go quite to heroin. Yeah. Uh, or cocaine. Um, I look. I look at drugs. As, I look at legalization of drugs this way. And I stole this line, and I forget who originally said it, so I apologize. If you don't have to, if you're not so addicted, or you don't have to suck dick to get it, it's a good yep. drug. Like that's kind of yeah, my that was me. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Because guess what? Think, no one sucked dick for weed. I, I mean, I right. really do. I mean, someone sucked dick no, and gotten probably weed. Probably, I'm sure somebody has, but but generally speaking, yeah, like you're right. DMT, shrooms, and weed. Yep. I can guarantee this. No one's yep. been like, I need to have that DMT trip one more time. Let me suck your dick. That's Pe- people say happening. to me all the time. Well. People say to me all the time when I talk about legalizing marijuana or hallucinogenics, which is, you know, my general group for shrooms, LSD, ecstasy, et cetera. Say, my yeah, favorite well, area. When, when they're on it, what happens if they drive a car? I'm like, that's illegal. Wait, like, this isn't hard. Doing the drug is not illegal. Doing something that puts people in danger because you're on the drug is illegal. Yeah. Much like drinking. We have, a, we have an example for it. Uh, you know, we have an age limit. We have all these rules you can have. Why should, if you're sitting at home and you want to trip balls 
Why should that be illegal? I don't get it. I, I'm with you. I made shroom honey. Uh, my wife left for a couple of weeks with the kids. Yeah. They went on a vacation to Kentucky. And I love the family out there, but I had to work. But I also called my shroom guy and I was like, boop, let me get a gram of shrooms. <laughs> right. Busted that up into like, you know, like the, like the ghost yeah. peppers, right? Put it in honey. Yeah. And I was micro dosing for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then that took some big hits at late at night. Some big, big hits. Yep. And here's two things that are guaranteed that happened. One, I didn't get in one argument with anyone. Yeah. Two, I just got nicer. Right. I just thought about people and where they were at in the world and that yep. I can't, I mean, my buddy, I have a dear friend and he is the nicest person. I mean, and I've only known him as one of the sweetest people alive. And he's been so angry lately about Trump and, and mm -hmm. COVID and everything else. And I was balls deep, seven grams deep on shrooms. Wow. And I was like on my phone, kind of. Uh, but his, but his, but his post. Hearing this. Like, yeah, but his post uh, came up. And I was yeah. like, fuck, man, why? And all I thought was, why are you so angry, bro? I love you. Right. You know I love you. And it wasn't my post he was commenting on. It was just a post. Right. And I was just like, man, you're great. Why would you be right. so angry? Because you have so much love in your heart and I've only known you for loving. I mean, this is a guy when my daughter and you haven't gone through this and I don't know if you will, yep. you got a, you got a younger person with you now that you got to get the potential to do this, right? I'd like, I'd like if it's possible. My daughter, uh, potty training, right? So this, yeah. this, this podcast starts with my daughter saying I pooped a big one and I'll <laughs> send, I'll send you the picture of her hair all crazy. Yeah. Like she took a <laughs> shit and you're like, no, you can look at her face and be like, no, she took a shit. 100%. Like that kid took it. Right. She's pooping. Yeah. She's, she, yeah. She finished off a big one. But then also, right. then she sang about her first time she took a poop at the end of this podcast. Well, the only reason she did those two things is because of my dear friend. He, we created poop wars mm. where he would text me a video of him eating her favorite treat. It might not be his favorite thing, but it was right. hers. This is the love in his heart. And he would text her and be like, I just yep. took a poop. I'm eating a chocolate chip cookie. Nom, 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 nom. Right. And my daughter would go, I'm going to take a shit in the potty just so I can have some. So then it was like, well, what is, what is he like? And I'm like, right. He likes pudding. Get me some chocolate pudding. I'm like, this is the grossest thing ever. Yeah. I'm in. So she's eating chocolate pudding going, I just shit by myself and wiped my own ass. How are you champ? Right. Oop and wars. this is the guy that's so angry and posting, but he's yes. like the sweetest guy in the world. And I'm just like, bro, how do I bring you back right. to love? Because the guy with the bad spray tan and the bad yeah. hair or the Tulsi Gabbard or the Joe Biden, the person you love or hate, they're going to leave soon. Yep. But like COVID-19 on your lungs. Mm-hmm. This is going to scar you a little bit. And right. I don't want you scarred because I've known you pre-scarred. Yeah. And I want to love I, you, man. I have me, and, and you hear that I stay informed and stuff, but I got to tell you, I have checked out of so much of politics. I mean, I used to be a junkie. I was, because I work from home most of the time when I'm not traveling. Sure. And I literally flip through MSNBC, Fox News, CNN. 
constantly throughout the day. I've been watching MSNBC for a few hours, switch over to Fox. Watching that for as long as I can, switch over to see <laughs> I like how uh, you're like, a few hours here, listen, as long as I can take it. Oh, dude, they're just so shit. angry. They're so they're angry so on angry. that channel all the time. So I, I tried to manage that. And I'll be honest, you know, staying informed is one thing. That was too much. I would do that for, you know, six hours while I'm working. And it's just on in the background. And you're hearing the... And I've been, you know, I've been really disappointed with the fact that Trump got elected. I, I, I'm sad for, I don't hate the people that voted for him. I'm just sad that that's where we are. And I needed to check out a little bit. And so I've always said, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually going to give Trump credit for one thing. One big thing. Donald Trump has made me a better cook. Oh, I like that. I, I'll, I'll give Donald, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give Donald Trump two knots. Yep. Well, and, you know, do, you know why he made, do you know why he made yes, me a better cook? Yes, I, I want to hear why you made a good cook, yep. Because I cannot have politics on for that long during the day, so I keep Food Network on. Ooh. And literally, brother. I'm watching, I'm like, wait, so how do you make a souffle? And I'm like, I guess I'm I'll going to send you Pluto Network. I'm going to send you <laughs> Chef Joe Gatto. I'm going to send you, brother, he's yep. amazing. He's going to, your, your, your lady is going to be like, did you make mozzarella from I scratch? I can't wait. You're like, yeah, I made mozzarella from scratch. <laughs> She's picky, so uh, she's going to like that. I like it. I give Donald Trump anyway. two things. I give him two credits. Yeah. You give him one, I give him two. Okay. Uh, I give him one. He made me look at outside news sources besides Oh, that's good. ABC, NBC, CBS. Which but I was already kind of like, I was already kind of a Rogan fan of the right. idea of that middle ground where I don't have to pick sides, but I get to listen. Right. Yep. And I get to shoot holes in either side. Like, yep. Rogan is... You know, as much as he says he's dumb, as much as he says he's this and that and the other, he's really good at not picking a side, agreeing yes. with a John Stewart, agreeing with a with a with a with a gun guy, uh, the coin yep. metal guy, agreeing with everyone at the same time, not being held persecuted outside of um, what Joey Diaz has said for sexual harassment. Like Rogan right. has really done this. Really, he's an artist at it. So. Right. I would say that one, Trump led you to, that. to look at different news sources, which, yep. which is fine. I'm not mad right. at that. I'm not, I'm not mad at hearing other bullshit. Right. Um, number two, I would say that, 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 that Trump has shown me one thing very clearly, yep. which I think we all have known and we just don't really exercise on it enough, which is that the news decides what they're going to show and not show. And right. his little Twitter thing yep. is not him being crazy. It's him being, I want to show, and he doesn't articulate. Listen, he's a horrible articulator, yep. especially on social media. But yep. he did show, he's like, hey, I mean, I've watched Good Morning America the last two weeks. I watch it for one hour from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. every yep. morning. Yep. They've never brought up Chaz the eight blocks or 12 blocks, depending on who you hear happening in Seattle, the takeover of, of that little yeah. area of Seattle. They've never brought up, they never talked about it. They've never addressed psychologists talking about covering masks. They've never actually talked about the difference between opening businesses versus, versus no. protests and how COVID moves. Not saying either one are bad or good, just saying that we all host a responsibility in how we move forward. Right. I, I will. That one, I will say, they have been on the news talking about the protests and how they're, how 
gathering in groups like that, while it's a good thing, is spreading the virus. It is. And, and that's not good. I, I know what you're saying about the Twitter thing, I, and I'm not going to disagree. So here's my thing about the media. Mm-hmm. We, we, have, we have a catch-22 when it comes to media. Do you want a media that is part of the capitalist system, meaning it's a for-profit system? Sure. Or do you want government-run media? And I don't think, because even these side, can, can, side I, can, ones, I, can I tell you? Can I tell you just yeah. as, as interjection? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't believe in a government-run media. Me neither. <laughs> I do. I do not believe in the media that we have now, and only because of the reason I don't believe it. Yeah. For twenty-five years of my life, I have manipulated the media. Right. So. This holier than thou act from the media. Oh, it's... I like. But hey, that being said, I, I literally that... see people talking on the media totally. about something like, I can't believe this happened. I'm like, do you guys remember said, how we... I manipulated everything right. we did pre housing crisis? That being said, we need a free press. We need that. I mean, it's, it's critical to. to a democracy. But I do worry that there. And by the way, this goes for even Joe Rogan too. They're all in it as a business. Sure. They're not in it for pure reasons. But there's no, I don't know what the third option is. You either have people who are doing it as a business, who are separate from the government and have their own ways of driving their business, or you have government run media, which we don't want. Oh, I, I, don't, um, I, go, I, go, I go hard right. I go let, and I would say that, and I'd love your insights on this. I've, I've, yeah. I mean, obviously the movie's ended, but I've, yeah. I've, 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 I want your insights on this. And then a final yeah. question. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to tear away four Please. hours of your time. We're just, well, we're on three. Um, so it, it's this, it's one is I want everyone to say everything on media at all times. And I want yeah. education and I want um, understanding and I want insights that level that from our precipice so where we decide how we're going to listen or not listen info wars good bad or indifferent you know what alex jones can say he's called 75 or 80 percent of his shots and they've been okay Mm -hmm. um and and then he will turn and flip and go and look at cnn or abc or cbs and like they said this was a fight in afghanistan and it actually wasn't it was a shooting range right um i would say this I love the idea of where media is at, that they're constantly held accountable. I do not love the idea of where media is at and the fact that they are trying to get a headline versus delivering good news. Woodward and Bernstein are rolling over in their graves. They are going, there's so much sensationalism in realism, I don't know why you're faking it. And I would say that that is the most crucial thing. Yeah, I agree. It's it's an American construct, though, right? I mean, when you watch, when you watch BBC, when you I, I don't know if you've traveled overseas. When you go overseas, oh, you dude, watch I have I have the hack. It I is, watch BBC every morning. It's it's boring. It's boring because it's just giving you the news, and you hear things internationally. When you watch BBC here, it's you know, and in New Zealand today, uh, a man did this, and you're like, we would never hear that because it's nope. not sensational enough. So. There needs to be a rethinking, and I don't know what the right way to do it. And again, it kind of goes back to, I hate when we have systems that can't evolve. Mm-hmm. 
the free market has kind of made media evolve into the social because we now have control over it. But I don't know that the react the, what that's done is good for real media. I, I don't know if our ability to just put out whatever story we want, regardless of truth or not, has been good for regular media because now they're competing with us passing around fake stories for sensationalism. Or they're competing be- with us, just competing with us, right? I mean, like me. Right. Like I have I local mean, I, media I, personalities that are like, your downloads are too big. I can't go on your show. There, there has to be, and I don't know what the right venue for this is. Um, there has to be a way to ensure that news is accurate. And in the world of opinion news, that's really tough because it's opinion, right? Opinion is neither fact nor not fact. But you look at something like, I'll use the InfoWars example again, right? If you treat that as a news source, yes, 75% of what they're reporting is just news. This happened in Afghanistan. This happened in Chicago today. And they're picking out the pieces that they think is most for their customers because it's a business. I I don't hate that. When InfoWars reports that the Sandy Hook shooting was fake and meant to drum up support for gun control. I want that thing shut down, shut down. And that's not censorship. You abused your power. So there has to be a level of accountability that says, if I have a business and I put out a product, if I, if I'm an FDA approved product and I said, you know what? I don't think I want to follow that formula the FDA approved. I'm going to put this different one that's cheaper and it kills people. Now, here's, here's, here's the, and I agree with you, but here's yeah. the juxtaposed. Too many times by the U.S. government, conspiracy theories have been proven correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a report based on, and I will take the InfoWars example, not saying I agree, but just saying, sure. let's, let's run down the road. Uh, I work for InfoWars. I hear you. I'm like, yep, I agree, except for the fact that I can label 10 times where the U.S. government did something that was gross, deplorable, and if I had reported on it, they would have said it was fake news, and I would have been shut down, and it was very, very real. Mm -hmm. And bring it full circle to modern day, we have had seven or 10 things that have come out from the Air Force and from the U.S. government saying UFOs are real during right. COVID-19, during the race riots, during this thing. We're like, yep. where the UFO people are freaking out. They're like, holy shit. They said we were fake news. They were going to shut us down. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, we're real. And I wonder, and I, don't, I don't, and I bring it up because it's a challenge, not that there's a right or a wrong. It is a challenge of weeding out vetable shit this actually could be real versus uncontrafutable points that go, you the, are bullshit. And so, why are you so, creating hate? I, and know I don't you're know saying, where that, I don't know where that balance you, lives. Right. Cause you're going to dilute. If, if you say that anybody can put out whatever they want with yeah. no, with no reason. Then not we're to. fucked. We're fucked. Right. And we, and we, you know, we're so picking and choosing about what we trust the government to do or not. Right. Like, how come we trust the government to do things, or well, I don't want to get sides versus sides, but there, there's a side that says we trust the government to, to implement the death penalty. Mm-hmm. The, the, 
the, the most important, harshest thing we can do, and yet it's proven wrong over and over again. It turns out yeah. we are terrible at choosing who should die or not. Um, real, yet, real, real, oh, real bad. Right, and, <laughs> and yet it's, we should, be, we should do this more. How come we're not doing it more? We should do it more. And yet we also will say, but we don't trust the government to tell us, we, we do trust the government to tell people what they can or can't do with their body. Right, because the government knows that. A bunch of white guys should definitely be telling a woman what she should be doing with her body. 100%. But, but then when it comes to media and we say, and that's just one example, there's a lot of it, not just media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We say, we don't trust the government here. We have, to, we have to put them on notice that we know what they're up to. But at the end of the day, how do we just, in media, there's gotta be some accountability. And it's also been proven as many times, I'm sure maybe more, that the government has misled us in some way or, or kept things secret that the media or these other non-official media sources have literally just made stuff up to stir their people up. I mean, I can tell you one thing. I'm not a huge Hillary Clinton fan. She's fine, whatever. She did not run a pedophile ring out of a pizza place. How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm comfortable with that fact. I'm very comfortable with that fact. <laughs> so, could you, how do you could you, could you, could you put a middle <laughs> point that maybe, maybe Bill Clinton just ran 35-year-old prostitutes through that pizza place to get laid? Well, I believe oh, you're Bill back. Clinton you're back. No, you're back. I, I, I'm just, I, I believe I'm Bill did just about I anything. Am, no, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I think obviously you, how have do privilege. you? So, how do you hold with you? I don't, I don't, and I don't know because yeah, me neither. We have we have created such divisiveness that right. um, that we don't live in a world that allows for a middle ground or allows for understanding or allows for education. We have, re we have removed one those points, and and in removing those points, right, we've broken a fundamental value of where we live, which is. We've lost trust in the government. Yep. We've lost trust in the media. We've lost trust in each other. There is, yeah. there is no community, which there's a lot of ways you could go with that. One thing I really think that would help, and I've gone both ways on this discussion, and I'm, I'm now at the point where I think it's important. We have to get to firm time limits for elected officials. Well, we it's, have gotta, to. it's gotta be. If you, I agree. If you could trust that the people coming into office were fresh-faced, were new, et cetera. They weren't corrupted yet. You might trust the, the government to regulate the media more. You might say, oh, you know what? So real quick. Yeah. She's your, she's your lady. What's your thoughts yep. on Tulsi Gabbard? I think Tulsi Gabbard is an okay congresswoman, congresswoman from Hawaii. I like that she's a uh, former military person. So she has firsthand experience. I think it's, it's actually well past time that we had an actual person with military experience in the commander-in-chief role. I really do. And by the way, I am not Mr. Military. You kind of probably can tell. I, I mean, not, but I you and I are. Well, I know, but I definitely think these, it might be time, maybe just every four or five people to get somebody who's actually served in the military to say, here's what we should or shouldn't be doing. I mean, it would be nice to get that, that personal firsthand experience. You mean, you, you, um, so are like you talking about a guy who didn't, like, my feet hurt, I can't be in the draft. Right, Donald right. Trump. I, I'm going to yeah. wear medals for the Boy Scouts. I, 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and he says he knows more than the generals about the military. Um, so I like her. I, I don't like... She got butt-fucked by a lot of people real quick. I mean, I, she and did, I, and, she, and, she, and I'm not and saying that lightly. Like, I, I could have said she got fucked. I put out she got butt-fucked. She did. Because the DNC... Yes. Really, really gave her a riot act. And I don't the, know the, why. The two-party system continues to be a real problem for us. Yeah. And... Um, that's one of those reasons. I mean, Bernie got screwed the year prior. Yep, and uh, Bernie got screwed again. Bernie obviously was more popular than Biden. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree only in this way. See, okay. Bernie got screwed the first time because there was, there was email evidence that the DNC was literally supporting Hillary in a bigger way than they were Bernie. Sure. This time, there was no evidence of that, and we all thought he was going to win. I mean, he was very much in the lead. There's only one thing that happened that stopped him. People voted, and he lost state after state after state. And I don't think the DNC went after him. I think this time he just lost. He just lost. And I, by the way, I would have much preferred Bernie. I'll be the first I, to say. I, I'll tell you what. I think Bernie would have beat Trump hands down. I and, and he would have that, shaken things up, and yep. he would have gotten everything. Look, he would not have gotten his full thing uh, approved. But it would have shaken things up. But can we also can we also say that he actually, for a socialist guy that he is, yep. he's a capitalist at heart. I mean, he really oh, is. totally. If you think about totally. what he wants to do, like all he wants to do is take capitalist profits and take yep. a hair off of them and move them to places. That's all he wants to do. He's, and and this whole socialist labeling thing. I mean, no, it's fuck Bernie. And, it, and by the way, Biden is way more socialist than Bernie is. I would argue that. I would argue that many Republicans are as socialist as Bernie is. Yes. I mean, I mean when, you, when you literally are saying, I need to have this military bill fund these tanks from my state because my state needs more funding, so I'll do it through a military bill, but it's, it's all moving money around by the government. Yeah. It's all government money being moved around. So anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So here's my thing. Let's, let's close yeah. it out here. I know yes, I've kept you a long time. No, that's all right. Um, we did Harry Met Sally. We did. Relationships. Uh, what, for my, for, my, for my listeners out there, two, two things. Uh, yeah. One, what's it feel like to fall in love again? A. Uh, yeah. And then B, uh, for my SMBs out there, What's it like to fall in love with a business and then have COVID put that condom on mm. that motherfucker? Yeah. Um, I like, by the way, FYI, in case you kids are wondering, we're <laughs> three hours in, he hasn't cussed once. In case you guys are wondering. I'm oh, I, think the I, I think I used the F word once. I snuck you used the F word once? I did I'll once. I'll you very, you're very, <laughs> you're very kind you. with, with the curse words. And I am so flippant with them and, and my language. And, and this, by the way, folks, in case why I brought this up, <laughs> this is why I respect Adam because, Thanks, no, no, I mean, honestly, and I'll take a little moment here. Um, Adam and I worked together and then we, and Adam, you know, we decided to stay in touch and we've, you know, he's come to Austin. We've been able to have coffee and, and right. hang out and everything else. 
what you guys don't see and what you don't understand is I give reverence because I wasn't and I wasn't looking for guidance and I wasn't seeing things differently. And I met this guy and here's the best part about life for whatever it's worth. You can meet people that see things differently than you. And more importantly, and what I think, you know, Adam should write a book about is, is how to do it to not be offensive. Um, and he, he did it. What he did, it, he didn't do it well with me. He did it great with me. Uh, we were on polar opposite ends. And the best part was, is when I brought up a contrarian view, he didn't go shut the fuck up, eat veggies, not meat, you, you horrible piece of shit. He, uh, he used to get to me and be like, oh, PR guy says what? Sales guy says what? What? Get the fuck out of here. I'm development. I'm in the middle. Sure I'm the developer. The fuck I want. Get out of here. You know, you were, you were very kind in, um, uh, and how you uh, and, and how you treated me, and 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 it, it literally developed me and who I am today, and I and I respect that, and that's and that's why I wanted you on this podcast because Thank you. I want more people like you to talk. I want acknowledgement from people like me to people like you that go. We can disagree and still be friends, but also we can disagree and I can learn from you and I can adjust my portfolio yep. and not feel compromised. Uh, and, and that's a beautiful and, thing. And I think people think it's harder than it is, right? I think people really that's think it's hard. hard. It's just being friends. It's, it's just being able easy. to text you some dumb shit and be like, Hey, I got this. What do right. you think of this? And you go, Jason, this is great. Or, Hey, let me tell you why this is dumb. Or this is the middle ground, which we, by the way, folks, if you're listening, we've hunkered down on middle ground more than anything else. And right. why? Because you've brought us to middle ground. You've been you like, know, well, I agree. I disagree. But here's where I agree with you. And this is where I'm going to spin off a little bit. Yep. This is why my agreement with you ties into my disagree with you. The articulation of that, I would just, I would, I would gently push. People and go, you guys, we're, none of us are perfect. None of us see the world perfectly. But goddamn, surround yourself with people that make you better. And you're having, one of those people that make me better. Thank you. And I feel the same about you. And this has been great to kind of, I mean, I don't know the last time we got to have a, a long conversation like this, but Whole it's Foods. been. Whole Foods. Uh, you were in Austin, Texas. It was three years ago. Oh, My yeah. My daughter was there. And That's she, right. She, she, no, it was four years ago, and she couldn't hardly yeah. speak. She was one years old. She was wow. in the little bassinet thing. Yeah, yeah. And we did it, yeah. Whole Foods. And it's been so – having these conversations, you know, I, having friends with different opinions is not difficult. Being sure that you're open-minded about it is the hard part. Yep. And that's all on you. That's all on an individual, right? For me to sit here and say, I have a friend, and we don't always agree on stuff, that takes no effort whatsoever. Even in the conversation, there's no effort. The only thing I have to put effort into is not to get so locked into my own opinions that I can't hear a good point when I hear one. And that's on me. That's not on anybody else. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. So that, let's, let's wrap right. the bow on it. Let's, put the, let's, put the, let's bring the yep. movie back into it. Yep. Uh, two things. Yeah. One, why do you love 
the work you do. Yep. Because it's defined you a little bit. And it's moved you it around has, the yeah. world. It's, it, I mean, literally moved you around the world as far as travel business goes. It's, it's put you in the yep. place you're at today. And then two, um, in love loss, mm -hmm. you found love again. Yep. What does that take? Oh, so I'll start with the business one. <laughs> Heavy. Um, the business one, I, you know, my, so my main business is, is in pet supplies. Sure. Um, and I have loved the pet supply business since I was a kid. I started when I was 12, 13 years old. And can you do me a favor business. as you go yeah. through the story? Can you, tell, yeah. can you tell the, the, the people that are listening about the water you created? Yes, I will. Please. <laughs> Please, it's I one will. of my favorite stories. I've I told this story, no exaggeration, 500 times. Because <laughs> I love I, it. Because I'm like, if you don't believe in innovation where innovation doesn't exist, right. shut the fuck up, it's, my boy. <laughs> I will definitely tell that story. Please, thank you. So I, I love the pet industry. I love the interaction between people and pets. I love what pets do for us. I love what we do for pets. I love... All of it. It's always been something I'm just so into. And I never thought I'd go the business route. I thought I was going to go the veterinarian route. But going the business route, I think... Why, hold on, hold on. Why the vet route? Why did you want to go the vet route? So I was raised to be a doctor. My dad's a doctor. And he was like, you got to be a doctor. And there was a lot of pressure in my world to be a doctor. Oh, Jesus Christ. And All right, um, I'm with you now. Yeah, and that led to a lot of problems. But I started off pre-med when I went to college and, and shifted off to business. And I worked for pet companies all my life, and I, I kind of never knew where I was going to go, never thought that working in pet supplies would be my future career. And the more I did it, the more I realized just it's, it's so rewarding. People love their pets, and it's, it's a part of their life that you get to be a part of. It's even different than I think people, some, some people say it's like the baby business, right? When you work in some way for the baby business or the kid business, there's almost like a different pressure, I think, on people about their their kids and societal norms and what are you doing and is your kid a good kid and what happens when they're 18 there's a lot to it pets are just one of the most simple beautiful parts of our life it doesn't put pressure on us it just takes pressure off it's fun it's interactive it's great for old people young people married couples single people it's just a good part of our world is our relationship with pets and pet supplies is one of those things that just helps make it a little bit better so when I've done it, I, I kind of never knew where it would go. And then I'm working for, you know, a company in, in uh, I mean, this was, gosh, was this post? No, this was pre our interaction at Body Glove. I was working for a company in, in, in product development and marketing for licensed products, you know, so Sesame Street fish tanks and Caesar Milan dog toys and anything licensed, SpongeBob, whatever, Disney, whatever. And the economy went to shit. I was doing great. I had this great life. I had a great house and a, and a wife and everything was rocking and rolling. The economy goes to shit. See, there I cursed. See that? It happened. <laughs> and uh, the She bleeds. See, it happens. <laughs> Tell me, do you bleed? Um, <laughs> you will. You so, will. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, the economy goes downhill the company i'm working for the owner doesn't cha fire chapter file chapter 11 he files chapter 7 leaves gone the company's out i got nowhere all the companies that had been begging me for to join for me to join them brvp of development brvp of marketing 
there's no jobs. They're saying, maybe I could find an assistant position for you somewhere. There's nothing. So I decided, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start my own company. And, uh, and by the way, I'm jumping over the uh, Petco time a little bit, but That's I'll come fine. back to it. No, good. And, um, and I started my own company thinking, this is temporary. It's temporary. I'm just going to do this sales brokering, product development consulting thing for a little while and see what happens. Until I get a, and I'm doing a quote mark now, until I get a real job. And um, what I found about what I do now is you're, some people would call it a middleman. What I do is I work between vendors and I work between retailers. And when vendors need me, I'm there. And when the retailer needs me, I, I, I often say I'm a translator. I speak fluent vendor. I speak fluent uh, retailer. And I help them talk to each other. And sometimes people say, ah, oh, you know, you, is this rewarding? And sometimes it's not. But then every once in a while, there's a company that makes an amazing pet product. And you know, there's no way they're going to get it to market. And you get it to market and you start seeing the reviews of people that say, this treat is my dog's favorite treat. I love it. And they're just so happy. Or this fish tank filter keeps my tank cleaner than ever. And man, what would I do without it? I've, I used to have fish dye all the time. Now I don't. Or this cat bed, my cat loves it so much. I've never heard my cat purple. All these little positive things. And it takes you back all the way to when you're 12 years old and 13 years old. And it goes, this is why I love the pet industry. And now I'm not just in it. I'm actually making it happen. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mover. And beyond that, it's these small companies. And then, then you get an email. I, I had a company who, when they hit their first $100,000 a year with, with one of my retailers I work with. Hold on. They sent your me first a $100,000 a year? Yeah, with, with, this, with this big retailer. Now, can you, can you give an example just so that you know how excited they were? Yep. Your Petco dollars. Yep. What was the, what's the my, difference? My Petco dollars? Yeah, so it's like the difference between someone that's like got BC backing, jumped up right. the line, cut, like I'm in yeah. Petco, bitch. Right. And, and yeah. they came to you and like, motherfucker, I got 20 million in financing. You're going to put right. this on the shelf, eye level, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got yep. this company that you've helped. And right. now they hit their $100,000 mark. Right. What's the difference? So, Okay, and because and you're right, I work with both. And I'll give you an example. I'm working with one right now, and I won't use names just because don't know Please, where no, they Please, no, it's fine. It's privacy. It's all good. But um, one of the big trends in, in the pet industry right now is broth. Bone yes. broth. Oh, Very yeah. Huge trend. It's good for dogs. It makes them like the food more, all that stuff. Um, so this company is two women, uh, two sisters. Both of them have corporate experience, and one of them – heavy in the hotel industry, one of them heavy in, I think, the financial industry. And these two sisters both found one thing, that broth did such a good job for their dogs. Both dogs were seeing healthier, better, and they started this company together. And they just did everything right. They, I mean, they, they invested with the right packaging, with the right uh, production facility to make it in the USA. They have an, a great art team that made beautiful packaging, did everything right and could not get off the ground. It was one of those ones where you go, you, as, a, as a consultant, you come in and you say, you're doing everything right. I, I, you know, I, I can't tell you to do anything different. Well, then what are we getting wrong? We looked at their business, we made some adjustments. We, you know, again, not going into too much details, but sometimes it's, it's your, your costing, sometimes it's your presentation, sometimes it's your story. 
made a little bit of tweaks, and uh, not only and, and not only did we get it into one of the big retailers and get it on the shelf and get it looking good, but I got a bottle of champagne delivered to my house, thanking me for my help. More importantly, more importantly, the Petco buyer who was working with us uh, had given it to her assistant as like, hey, you know, we've got these boxes of samples left over from when we did the reset in the store and take them home. Her, the, the assistant's dog has health problems. Then after using this broth, she emailed me to say, look, I, I, I get a lot of products. We deal with hundreds of products a, a week. I tried this, my dog loves it. Her skin is better. She seems healthier. She's recovering from her problems. This is just such a great product. I'm so glad we brought it in. So here's a situation where not only did I make the vendor from a business standpoint happy to the point where they went to send me a bottle of champagne, which most vendors don't do that. I get paid. They don't need to send me champagne. But they wanted me to know we couldn't make it happen. You made it happen. On the flip side of that, there's a Petco person who's not only happy because it's selling well, it's doing whatever, but it literally helped her dog. And then add to that, how many customers are going to have that same reaction to what happens with their dogs that I'm never going to hear from, but I know I did that. Sure. What's better than that? No, it's true. I would, um, no, I mean, that's just. So, so, anyway. so, so, so I, I, let me ask you a little tangent yeah. question here. Yeah. Um, I think we can all agree that the greatest marketing is word of mouth yep. experience. And if you then go to a market and you're like, where do you spend your money? They're like pay-per-click right. and yep. online. Yep. You live in the same world I live in, which is balancing of, we know this works over here. Yep. Please do it. And they're like, yeah, but we know this works at 1% to your 99% over here. Right. But math Let's me show the CFO so I get another check and you don't have math behind you. There's right. no math that, that, that quantifies that email. There's no right. math that quantifies that bottle of champagne. Right? right. How do you balance that? Because that's the hardest, because at the end of the day, it's interaction with pets, right? I mean, right. The, the, we've all bought dog treats. We've all bought yep. shit. Yep. For our dogs to help them. And it's bullshit because it doesn't right. work. Right. And word of mouth has shut them. It's amazing. Word of mouth will shut you down. Word of mouth yes. will grow you and no one will pay for word of mouth. Right. It, it's, that's a good question. I mean, it's, I can't give you an answer to it. All I can say is I look at it more the, the word of mouth side of our businesses where, how do we get found? How do we get hired? You know, you asked me earlier, how can people find you? I said, sure. People don't find me. It's word of mouth. It's, it's, uh, you know, somebody goes to a trade show and says, Hey, I'm having trouble getting my product launched. Who do I talk to? And somebody says, you got to talk to Adam. I'm sure yep. the same thing happens to you. Somebody says, I need to get the word out. I don't know how to do that. And somebody says, I know this guy, let me give you his email. Um, I, I don't think you can quantify it. All you can do is say how, how successful is it? And did the total picture of what we did work? Okay. So, you know, in this in this broth product, I don't know that it's the shelf placement that we got. I don't know if it's that the buyer loved it and told all the stores about it. I don't know if it's the employee discount that we're going to give so every employee can get a, a free box of this stuff and try it. 
I don't know which, or is it just people love it and talk about it? All you can do is say, here's my benchmark for success and am I reaching it? If I am, I'm doing the right thing. And if I'm not, what else can I be doing better? Fair. You know, what, it, um, what do you see, you know, on the human side of, rela of the relationship yeah. side, Harry met Sally, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you already talked about, you went through a divorce. Yep. Um, man, what, what's it like to find love and lose it? And what's it like to find love again? What's, you that, know, I, what's that emotion? I, what's that roller coaster like? Because there's, there's a lot of people out there that just, yeah, either A, they're caught in a bad relationship. We, we talked about this in Whole Foods, right? Yeah. They're caught in a bad relationship. Like, fuck, man, how do I get out? But you're like, also, I love the consistency of abuse because guess what? Right. I know on Tuesday I'm getting kicked in the nuts, and that's yep. Tuesday, and that's comforting because it's repetitive. And yet I you think... kind of broke a lot of cycles. Yeah. yeah, well, somewhat. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that I've broken the cycle. <laughs> Look, I, I'll say this, and I've t I told a friend who was going through a divorce um, this, and I think it's sometimes maybe not said enough. Divorce is awful. It's terrible. It's torture. And I get that for some people it's the right thing. I, and I get, in my situation, it was the right thing. And, sure. and it made sense and all those things. But I don't think it should ever be considered anything but horrible. And for a lot of reasons. And again, I was talking to this friend about it. And he said, yeah, no, it's for the best. I said, look, you're going to go through a lot, right? Number The first and most obvious one is the difficulty of the actual process of divorce. That sucks. Then there's also the emotional stuff. Nobody wants to feel like a failure at anything. And you know what? When you go through a divorce, you do. You feel like a failure. You feel like... I've let people down. I've let myself down. What could I have done better? What did I do wrong? Then you, then you battle that a little bit. You say, no, 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 I was right. But then you realize you need to be honest with yourself and realize what are the things I did wrong so I can be better at it, hopefully, the next time. It is, it's really tough. It's, and it, I think I am incredibly fortunate that I had an incredibly supportive group of friends around me that I'm eternally grateful to. And they know that. And I'm extremely loyal to them because of it. Even so much that when I've had girlfriends that I've dated who maybe you spend a lot of time with, you know, these people, you know, you spend, I feel sometimes like you're prioritizing them over me and I'll say, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. and I'll say, you're not there. You're not there yet. We're, we're not there. These people are everything to me. And I hope someday you are at the point where I prioritize you over them, sure. but we're not there yet. Um, because they, I, I could have fallen into a really big hole because it's a tough thing to go through. Um, I'm glad I went through it because it was not the right relationship and it, it sucks that I made the wrong choice, but um, it's really tough. And so if anybody, anybody listening is going through it, uh, don't feel weird that it feels really, really bad, even though it supposedly is the best thing and all that stuff. Um, I, since then, had not used what I will call the L word until this relationship I'm in right now. Um, and I think that was both because I was scared of it. I was, I was, I was battling that, you know, do I even want to say it? How, what does it mean if I do say it? And with uh, Savannah, who's my girlfriend now, um, I really wanted to go into it thinking if I feel it, just go with it. And uh, I did feel it. And I, and I stand by the choice to say it. Um, it is, it's frightening. It's frightening to be a mother again. Like, 
So here, here's, just, my, here's my here's my challenge to you. Um, yeah. I, I don't give it to a lot of people, but um, I want to give it to you. Uh, I do it every day. If you do it already, hands down. Um, wake up tomorrow morning for the next seven days. Yeah. Look in the mirror. Say I love you, out loud. Yeah. I don't do it today. Um, yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. uncomfortable. It's gross. It really yeah. is. Like out of the shower, your naked body in front of the mirror. Yeah. Like I love you, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I love you. Yeah. I don't know. If and the reason I bring it up is because I, I do believe this, right? Um, we can love people. Yeah. But if we don't love us, I don't know that they can love us. Right? Like I agree. If I, don't, if I don't love the things that I don't like about me, yeah. And I'm not going to love them. Like, I'm not going to repair them. But it's like, if I don't know the things that are wrong about me and they don't know the things that are wrong about me. Yeah. Then one, I'm not being honest with them. And two, I'm not being honest with myself. And honest True. with myself, I'm going to say someone, I, if I'm going to look at someone and say, I love you, then why can't I look in the mirror and say out loud, I love you to myself? Right. Right? Um, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, I'll definitely try that. I haven't done that. I do. I, I've got Seven days and then text me at the end. All right. Seven days every morning. Wake up and just be like, hey, baby. you know what? Hey, I mean, you can be as flippant as, hey, champ, I love you, bud. Yeah, it can be as looking at going, like I look. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I was talking about my arrogance of putting on sweat, like putting on neoprene to ride twenty miles to look thinner. Yeah, right. For what? For three hours until I have seven beers. This is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> but also, then I get to look at myself and go. At the end of the day, I'll give it a shot. All you, all, your, shot. all my failures, everything I've done. Yeah man, I still really like me. I mean, there are days yeah. where I love me. There are days yeah. where I don't. But I think it's really crazy to look. Like I've done the seven-day challenge of looking in the mirror saying I love you. Yep. Day six going, hey, man, I don't like the week we did. Yeah. I actually, you know what? I don't love you because I don't like what we did Monday through Friday. You yep. lied to me Monday through Friday saying I love you. And then guess yep. what? I start over. I've completed seven days, maybe 10 times. Okay. Here's the crazy thing. Here's the craziest thing about this. I challenged my four-year-old daughter, and I still challenge her to this day. She's six, going to be seven. But yeah. I started at four when she could say, I love you. So I say, I love you at two. But I, I let it understand, like, I love you. She's never been able to do it. That breaks my heart. Give her time. She's still. But she's it breaks still my heart the fact yeah. that you can be this person that has no weight of the world around you, or or more importantly, my idiocracy has brought the weights of the world <laughs> upon you to the point to where you yeah. can't say "I love you" in front of the mirror. Yeah. That, and, and that's, why, that's why I challenge people to do it is because I have a person who hasn't been on planet Earth that long that has trouble doing it. We've been on planet Earth a really long time. I've rarely completed seven straight days of honestly saying I love you and why I love you to the mirror. Yeah. 
only because, and I only bring it up because I believe we're, we'll be better because of it. I just do. Yeah. It's good advice. It is. And it's something I'll give a try. I will. Love that. Well, thank you. I mean, listen, obviously we've gone way over our time. Um, it was fun. It was great to catch up and talk Adam, deep stuff and political stuff. It was awesome. Adam, you're, you're anytime you want to come on. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I would love. The, yeah. Personally for me. Um, I'd love two things. One, obviously I want you on again. But two, I want you on again for twofold. I want, I want two more appearances minimum. Yep. One, I want the restaurant full born and yes. rocking and rolling. Yeah. Uh, and I want to uh, do that. Um, two, in the next couple of weeks, I got to talk to Scott. I'm going to get you a canister mailed to you. Oh, that'd be awesome. You can, you can, you're, the bar can decorate and do whatever you guys want to do with yeah. it. You can talk to your beer vendors. And if it works, great. Order more from Scott. If it doesn't, yeah. you just want to keep one. That's fine too. I don't care. That'd I be just, awesome. I just love that. And then three, I mean, man, I'll say it again. I sent the uh, the message over Facebook. I'm like, these are the my friends. These are the people I talk to. You're also people that have made me who I am today. We're so close, in, and and I want people to get lost in this because we're close in age, very very close yeah. in age. That doesn't mean you can't get inspired or, or, or motivated or change your thought process based on, on someone who is, uh, you don't have to wait for someone to get older. I agree. I agree. In, in any way, shape, or form. And yep. um, you have, uh, realize or not, um, from our days of working together, you've been a great influence on me, man. You really have. Yeah, man. That means, that means a lot. I, I, deeply respect what you say. Uh, I value our friendship. I remember in the hardest times that I've had, I've reached out to you. Yeah. I, well, I do. Uh, and, and you've and, been like, you've been like, fly to Hawaii. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, I don't have a job. You're like, I'll find <laughs> you a job. Fly to Hawaii. Yeah. What do you want to do? Come on over. Come on over. And those, <laughs> and what I don't think, people recognize is that you have a home you have a friend and you have options you can look at where we disagree you can look at where we did where we agree or more importantly you can look on why we're friends yeah and you my friend have always looked at why we're friends and I respect that so much. It means so much to me. Um, the lack of time we've spent together. Yep. The, uh, the, the lack of maybe text messages or whatever creates. Yeah. It is not lost in any way on the impact you've had on my life. And, Glad to uh, hear that. And I'm, I'm honored to have you as a friend. And uh, I, I really am. And um, I'm also, man, I, you know, from, I remember how excited I was that when you came to Austin, we got to go meet at, 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 at a Whole Foods and have coffee. Yep. I don't think you know what that did for my week because I just respect you so much. And you're such a, you are, you're an institutional, you're one of those people, you're one of those flag pins, you're one of those uh, markers that has 
changed the way I interact with people, that has changed the way I think about politics, that has changed the way I think about engagement across the board. And uh, Thanks, man. I man, appreciate that. I love you, man. brother. I love you too, man. I really do. I really do. Uh, you know, um, I need my daughter to meet you because yeah. I just, because I want those people in my daughter's life. I really do. So that said, yes. Um, my daughter's going to sing about the first time she could poop, but All right. the hopeful moment. Now I'm going to put a tag on you. Two yes. things. One, where do people find you? Two, What's your hopeful moment? And then my daughter, I'm going to say goodbye to you. And then she's going to sing about the first time she could shit by herself. Okay. She's so excited. She's okay. so excited because she's like raising her hands in the, in the patio. She's like, I took a poop. I took a poop. I took a poop. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> but so one, where do we find you? And then two, your okay. hopeful inspiration, your idealistic Jason Jepsen moment that goes, yeah. we're going to get through all this no matter who gets elected we're going to be better because we're people. What you got? You got it. So number one, people can find me two different ways. Number one is if, if you were somebody who wants to find me in the pet supply world, you can find the easiest ways on Facebook or and associates. That's E R T E L and associates. Uh, if you search for me, you'll, you'll find me. Um, and my bar is tropics alehouse Waikiki, which is on Ala Moana Boulevard in Honolulu. Yeah. Uh, right in the Waikiki in the best possible spot. Uh, we serve, uh, we've got 25 beers on draft, pool tables, uh, dart boards, uh, great staff. My bartenders are some of the best people in the business, nicest people in the business. Uh, we try to offer at least half of our beer taps or local beers. So if you haven't tried Hawaii local beers, you're going to try stuff. If you come to Honolulu, you can come to our bar. You'll try stuff you can't find on the mainland. So check out it, Tropics Alehouse Waikiki. There are other tropics. We are Tropics Alehouse. Tropics um, Alehouse, Waikiki, and Tropics by the way, Alehouse, folks, twenty twenty one. I hope to see you there. No, no, you're uh, gonna see us there. You know, I'm gonna ask. I know you. How dare you? Hell yeah, <laughs> comfortable couch. And then my my um my my moment. I would just say this. I I I think people have a lot of potential. I really do. And sometimes we don't always live up to it. And I mean that not just individually, but as America, as humans, as all of that. I think what's inspirational to me is that there's always the opportunity to make it better. And so for myself, I, I, you know, I, I feel like it's always a project and I feel that way about all of us. So am I happy that Trump is president? No. Do I think it means that we have any less of an opportunity to be the great people that we can be? No. And so, be understanding with each other. Um, don't attack each other for different beliefs. Just talk to each other and respect each other. And we'll get through this and we'll be better for it. Man, that is uh, great insights. That, that really is. Um, honestly, uh, reflects um, my respect and, uh, and who you are as a person. Thanks, man. Great, man. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you All for right. this. You got I it. I appreciate it. You're Looking welcome. Forward to the next time. I know, man. We're doing it again. <laughs> we got to do it at All least right. two more times because I got to do a full open of the restaurant, obviously. Yep. And then, Let's uh, do we it. Just, you know, listen, uh, around election, we'll, not around, we'll, we'll we will make <laughs> we'll it a regular me. thing. We'll you make it a regular me. thing. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'm ready when you are.
Hey, brother, I love you, man. Thank love you, you too, man. Uh, for, uh, for loving me and the craziness in the world that I live in. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, with all it, that said, now my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit yes. by herself. And that is the magic that we live in. Brother, once again, I love you so much, man. I really do. You too, You're man. The best. Love you. Best to your family. Best to you and yours. Uh, All right. Best to your girl and uh, and everyone else in the ER and um, all they're doing. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you so you much. It, I appreciate you. All right. Talk Later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.